1: To the spoken
2: spoken. Ladies and gentlemen,
1: here is Lance Twidwell. This is the Spoken Podcast. I am your host, Lance Twidwell, here inside the Spoken Studios with my guys, Trevor Twidwell. What's good? Eddie Ortiz. Yo, 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 episode 98. We are getting closer, guys, to triple digits. Did you I mean honestly, did you guys think that we'd ever get here? Did you guys ever think that we'd be this close to Wild, man? You know, a hundred episodes, let alone shit, talking about. I didn't
2: think we we're making it past episode five.
1: <laughs> well, after what Eddie and I put together in that first episode, yeah, I, I was up. like,
2: "Yeah, this is over." I mean,
1: in, in the midst of cancel culture, you know, we we might be in, you know, we might be in some shit. A shit. A shit. A shit. A shit. A
2: shit.
1: We're really glad to have everybody here. Um, I know, over the last you know month and a half, two months, we haven't had anything outside of the podcast. But nevertheless, we've been wanting to keep the content consistent as we always do, guys, each and every week, giving you guys a little bit of uh, what we have in the, you know, from our, our, our viewpoint, our takes in the world of sports. And so for all of our patient live streamers and YouTubers with our OG podcasters, thank you so much for allowing us to play a small part in your daily routine or your weekly routine, however you listen to the show. If you listen to it every day, that's fucking awesome. We appreciate it. Um, and we do want to say, guys, that we're, we're stepping it up a notch a little bit with our show and, and, and trying to get this thing to really uh, take shape is even more so than it has before, and that's always been our objective. But we're... We're taking you know extra measures, and if you guys haven't already, man, we'd love it if you guys and we don't do this very often. But if you could, you know, send, uh, uh, give us a review, you know, let us let the let the people know what you think of our show. Be honest, obviously, but clearly, five stars is what you have to give us. I mean, it's an obligation at this point. If you've been listening this long, if you're into ninety-eight episodes with us, you might as well just give us the five stars. But no, we, we'd love to hear uh, more feedback. And we have a, a great uh, following, I believe. I think things are going really well, but we do want to get more from you guys. So, if you'd be so kind, man, hit us up and and let us know what you guys think on the on the on the reviews, man. We really would appreciate it. But you know, I, there are things that I fear when it comes to the world of sports. There's things I fear in life in general. But but because we talk sports here, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep it a little bit more more close than this. And, and coming into a new year, and hopefully everyone's having a better year than that bitch known as 2020. Uh, In the year 2021 so far, but there are things that we fear in the in the world of sports. My biggest fear, you know, as as a growing up as a Chiefs fan, was never seeing this team succeed. And I mean, going to the Super Bowl, winning the Super Bowl, never having greatness. I always was afraid that the Chiefs were always more afraid of ever being bad than never being great. That was always my thing. And for many, many years of my young life, that's exactly what the Chiefs were. They were always trying to just be good enough to keep the fans in the seats. And that's a fair criticism. But as we've known over the last three years, the Chiefs have been the greatest team in the NFL. And they've been the team to beat. And that's because large and part of Patrick Mahomes and his development and what he's become. And because of Andy Reid with Patrick Mahomes, the duo has been nothing short of immaculate and incredible and all-time great in my opinion. But it could have very well been different for Patrick Mahomes. It could have very well been different for us here in Kansas City. It could have very well been that Patrick Mahomes ended up somewhere else. The Bills don't trade that 10th spot with Kansas City. And then Patrick Mahomes ends up somewhere else. He could have ended up being in a really good spot. Or he could have ended up being in a really bad spot. He would have been great no matter where he went. But maybe the success wouldn't be similar or the same or not even close to the same had he ended up somewhere else. And here we would be, still in the same boat, more than likely. And that is the problem that, I, that is that has been my fear. And so now we look back and we think, man, I don't have to fear that anymore. Those days are gone. Those are long over. And for the next 10 to 15 years, we're going to be in la-la land, guys. That's not the same for Houston Texans fans right now. And in more particular, it's not the same for Deshaun Watson. And unless you've been living under a rock... The biggest new, the biggest story in the world of in the, in the world of the NFL right now has not even been the playoff matchups that we're very much excited about. We're going to break down tonight. No, the biggest story has been about Deshaun Watson essentially letting the Texans know they're on watch, and he's about to put them on the trading block. And this is where the problem lies for Texans fans. When they got Deshaun Watson, their quarterback uh, needs were gone forever. At least as long as Deshaun Watson is healthy enough and, and, and has enough youth in his bones to play. Because Deshaun Watson is easily a top-five quarterback in this league. And Deshaun Watson just had one of the best seasons we've seen a quarterback have in years. And the Texans went 4-12. and 12. Now you look at it and you say, how in the world could you have such a great quarterback? You are perfect, damn near perfect, at the most important position in sports. And you're 4-12. and 12. How do you pull that off? It all starts with the organization. It all starts with the franchise. It all starts with how you build teams. And we've seen this time and time again throughout history. I was saying earlier to a friend, we were talking about this situation, and I said, I fear, being a Deshaun Watson fan and a fan of sports and and of greatness, which Deshaun Watson is great, I fear that he's going to be this generation's Dan Marino. And what I mean by that is, obviously you think, you know, Dan Marino, that's high praise because Dan Marino is one of the 10 greatest quarterbacks to ever play this game. But one thing Dan Marino will forever be known as also is a man who never won. Now, That is not Dan Marino's fault because Dan Marino was carrying a Dolphins franchise that never gave him a legitimate shot and opportunity to win. So although that Patrick Mahomes is better than Deshaun Watson and the Chiefs made the right decision in taking him instead of Deshaun Watson when they both came out of the same draft, Deshaun Watson would have had success here in Kansas City just like Patrick Mahomes has had. Maybe not at the same level, but the Chiefs would have been just fine with Deshaun Watson. So the ultimate difference in who's succeeding is who's playing for who. This is why we need to be so thankful for what we have here in Kansas City. Because although Patrick Mahomes covers a lot of flaws and takes away a lot of deficiencies, he needs what he's got. Just like any quarterback in the history of the NFL. I've never been one that believes Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback of all time. But there is no question, Tom Brady is the most successful quarterback of all time. No one has won like Tom Brady in the history of this league. But why is that? Is it because that Tom Brady is just individually better than everybody else? No. Tom Brady's not even the third best quarterback of his generation when it comes to talent, when it comes to ability. But why does Tom Brady have six rings and nine tries? Because of the franchise he played for. He played for Bill Belichick and the Patriots who used cameras and practices unlike anybody else ever. No one can destroy a cell phone better than Tom Brady. They know how to cheat very well up in New England. But in all seriousness, that franchise built an elite dynasty, defensive dynasty around Tom Brady. By the time Tom Brady was 26 years old, he already had three championships. And he was an average quarterback. He was Kirk Cousins back then. So success doesn't always follow the great ones. Just like success doesn't always avoid the average ones. We've seen guys like Trent Dilfer and Eli Manning win Super Bowls. It comes down to franchise. And this is why Patrick Mahomes and us as Chiefs fans should be very thankful that although we once had a franchise that was afraid, more afraid of being horrible than never being great, came to their senses and said, you know what? Let's build a winner around a winning quarterback, a transcendent quarterback. The Chiefs and the Texans both have transcendent quarterbacks. The only difference is one place for a franchise that is willing to give that quarterback whatever he he wants. Just this last offseason, the Chiefs are asking Patrick Mahomes, who do you want in the first round? And they gave him what he wanted. Deshaun Watson can't even get the interview for the coach he wants. And the, and the GM they just hired is from the same franchise his last coach and Bill O'Brien came from previously. How is Deshaun Watson supposed to succeed with those types of odds against him? He can't. So for Deshaun Watson's sake, I'm hoping one or two things happen. Either the, either the Texans wake up tomorrow morning with insomnia of how the last three years have gone, and they build upon something that they haven't built them on before to this point, Or Deshaun Watson ultimately gets out of Houston and this whole thing goes away. I'm afraid it's going to probably take the latter in order for Deshaun Watson to ever see true success in his career. There's something else that happened today. I had a conversation with a friend and he actually came up to me with a very interesting thought. And he's always been one of the guys that have come at me with contrarian beliefs to kind of pick my brain on how I think about things. And he asked me, you know, Lance, you know, the, there hasn't been an MVP, a regular season MVP to win a Super Bowl since Kurt Warner in 1999, which is very true. It's been over 20 years. And the question was, do you think that – would, would you prefer that Patrick Mahomes doesn't win MVP this year in order to basically take away that type of pressure of, you know, no no MVP has won the, the Super Bowl since Kurt Warner in the 90s? And it was a very quick thought for me. Because I understand in, in the world of sports, fans, we, we, we concern ourselves and we obsess ourselves with, with curses. And, you know, you talk about the, the Red Sox not winning a World Series for 84 years and the Cubs and, you know, all these other curses that, you know, we all buy into, which are just fan theories and conspiracies at the end of the day. But I told my friend this. I said, you know what? Those are the types of things I actually welcome. And he looked at me kind of puzzled. He didn't really understand why I was saying that. But this is why. I said, the reason I welcome these types of things and these types of pressures is because of the fact that Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid are historically – they're built differently. They're built to break history as individuals and together. And the reason I say that is because I remember two years ago, I spoke to, or a year ago, rather, I spoke to the same friend, and he was of the belief that Andy Reid's never going to win the Super Bowl because he hasn't done it to this point, and no head coach in the history of the NFL had won their first Super Bowl after 20 seasons of coaching in the NFL. And then we all know what happened. Andy Reid got his first Super Bowl in his 21st season as a head coach. Patrick Mahomes did things in his first season as a starter no one in the history of the NFL has ever done. Patrick Mahomes has done things in his first 45 starts, or 46 now, 46 starts that no one in the history of the NFL has ever done. The Chiefs are coming off a playoff run in 2019 unlike anything we've ever seen in the history of the NFL. And there's only been four teams in the history of the NFL that have had an overall run like the Chiefs have had over the last year. Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, the Chiefs, as currently constructed, are a team that rewrites, breaks, and reforms history. So I welcome those types of pressures. And in my opinion, it wouldn't change any of the outlook from our viewpoint or Patrick Mahomes' viewpoint if he had won the MVP this season. Because we know the most important part and the most important goal of Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs' season it's to get to the super bowl and to take care of business when you get there. MVPs are nice and I guarantee you Patrick Mahomes does care about that. And we're going to talk about that tonight as well because they're paying attention to all the scrutiny that's going on out there for the Chiefs just chilling as the one seed somehow some way in the media's eyes they're they're being viewed as this vulnerable team that may get upset before even getting to the super bowl. I can't wait to talk about that over the next two shows. But I want I want everybody out there that may believe this way. They may think this way. Whoa! I can't, you know, we don't want him winning MVP because that means we're not going to get it to the Super Bowl. Change your mentality. Because this is the type of team that takes unprecedented measures. They do things that we've never seen before. Give them that much credit because we've seen them do it before, and they're going to do it again. Whether Patrick Mahomes wins an MVP next season or a year before that, I fully anticipate, fully expect... This team is going to be on Super Bowl runs for the next ten to fifteen years. You guys ready for a good show tonight? That's it's gonna be go. fun. It's gonna be fun as hell, man. Cause we are going to give our regular season awards out. I'm sure these are going to be very nuanced. Because I actually have a couple that might might spin your guys' minds a little bit. I don't know what you guys have. We have not talked about this. We do this. This is our rule. We don't get. We don't talk about these things before the show so you guys are all everyone that's listening to this everyone's listening to our voices are gonna hear this at the same time the other two on in, in the room are hearing this as well we're gonna get the Eddie hour cannot wait hopefully it's more than a couple questions this time <laughs> I'm sure Eddie's got some thought-provoking questions uh, this week
2: questions for
1: you today oh that's it okay I'm gonna DDT Eddie during the break. <laughs> And when we get back, we might have a replacement. We might have our like our niece, my niece Scarlett, come on the show or something, ready. But we'll have the Scarlett Hour. Yeah. Uh, no, but uh, we're gonna have the Eddie Hour. We're gonna also give you guys this is the meat of the show right here. We're gonna give you guys our wild card predictions. I cannot wait because there are so many, so many opportunities and scenarios in this, in this, in this week that I can see happening. I have not one but two. Upsets this week, and I cannot wait to give you guys my predictions on that. We're gonna open up the Monday mailbag, we're gonna give out some L's. We got a fun show for you guys. I hope you guys are ready. So, kick back! It's gonna be a fun weekend of football, but we're here to bring you guys into it. We'll get back to that after this. Commandeer is Kansas City's alternative apparel brand. They make unique Kansas City-themed apparel and accessories with an emphasis on counterculture. They're nominated for two Best of KC 2019 awards in the Pitch Magazine and have plenty of designs for both sports fans and anyone else. Find them online at commandeerbrand.com or follow them at Commandeer on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Soft shirts, designed with an edge. Get it again on the Spoken podcast for segment number two, I am your host Lance Twidwell here inside the Spoken Studios with my guys Trevor Twidwell. That's good, Eddie Ortiz. Yo yo yo. So we're just been sitting back, kicking back. Feels like forever since we watched any real Chiefs football. That's what the Chiefs are doing. They're just chilling. They're about to get about to get ready to watch an entire weekend of football. I am so excited for this weekend, man. I cannot stress that enough. I know all you guys are as well. But before we get to the playoffs. Before we get to our predictions, we need to give out our official 2020 NFL awards for the regular season. So without further ado, because we got to get into this and we got to make this thing happen, Eddie, starting with you, who's your comeback player of the year and why? This might have been the think, easiest one, yeah, I think.
2: I don't think, I don't think so there's any, any Yeah, I don't think there's any doubt that Alex Smith is the comeback player of the year. For the simple fact this man two years ago had one of the most gruesome injuries I've, I've seen in, in football in, in recent memory that I can think of. I'm sure there's others, but uh, I'm drawing blanks. Uh, his injury was so bad that this man was told by the doctors doing surgery on him that he could potentially lose his leg. And then, to like on top of that, he he got an infection after the surgery and was told that he could potentially die if he didn't amputate that leg. Alex Smith, he, you know, he tucked it out and he said, "No, I don't want to. I don't want to cut my leg off. I want to come back and play football." I don't think nobody, other than Alex Smith, saw him come back and play football. Uh, you can ask anybody. I, I'm sure everybody had him retired already, but Alex Smith himself. And what he's done this year with with Washington, uh, the the time he's had the opportunity to play and show his his skills and his game, his knowledge of the game, his veteran presence he's he's been a key player
0: in that team. I believe they're four and one when he in his, and his or five, five and one, one in his six five starts. Yeah, yeah.
2: So, I mean, I I don't know if you guys want you guys are more than welcome to add more to that. Yeah, or I mean, do you guys have a different player, but no, no, no. Alex the
0: Smith. the other. Odds to win it are Big Ben, AJ Green, and Rob Gronkowski. Yeah. It's not even close. No. It's Alex Smith. So I mean, it's been a great story. Um, but I will say, I just got an alert on my phone from Roto World that that there's a real chance that um, Heineke actually starts for Washington in the playoff game. Mm. That's that's a report. I don't know if it's you know it's not you know set in stone, but there I guess there's there's a little QB controversy heading into the playoffs. Um, it's probably a strategy, I'm guessing, probably from the coaches to keep them guessing on who's starting. Um, I don't see Washington winning by their quarterback play either way. It's going to be by the running game and defense is how they win games for the most part. Um, hasn't been great quarterback play really all year. Alex has had a couple decent games, but outside of that, it's really been dependent on how their defense plays um, as far as wins go for them. But, yeah, it, for me, it's it, it's not even a question. I mean, Big Ben's the closest next guy, to the runner-up, like, it's yeah. It's easily Alex Smith, and it's not even close. It's a layup. So,
1: yeah, I mean, if we're talking about storyline, there is no question. If you're talking about production, I, I would say it's either Big Ben or Rob Gronkowski. So Rob Gronkowski actually had a quietly good season this year.
0: Yeah, but Big Ben, what is he really coming back from, though?
1: Well, uh, I don't know, three tendons being replaced. I get it, but I mean, he's he's still playing.
0: Okay, but you want to compare that injury to what Alex Smith did? I'm not. not.
1: That's why why I'm 100% of the belief Alex Smith is going to run away with this because, again, the story is there is going to be a movie about his life. There's going to be a movie about his career, and it needs to happen because of the fact there is no story better than Alex Smith in the world of sports right now. The resilience to be able to come back from it. I mean, I, we can just sit here and have a whole segment on Alex Smith coming back and, and being an effective player for a team in the playoffs right now, whether mm. they deserve to be there or not is regardless. The fact is they're there, and Eddie brought it down. They're 5-1 with him as a starter, and they're 2-7 or 2-8 without him. So there is impact there. And these guys fight for Alex Smith because he's, he has their backs. I don't know if you guys saw this, the uh, gifts he gave his offensive line. He hooked them dudes up, Traeger grills with this 19, 1842 whatever that is the tequila brand hooked them all up with all that stuff hooked them up that's the kind of guy he is
0: the coolest thing about the was what his wife did with his put this did with you the, see yeah, with, this with leg. his leg brace yeah. did you see that the super I just she, see she that. had okay you got to look it up dude she it's made incredible it like into like a super bowl such a dude what she did for him was so cool so she his yeah his leg
2: brace she, she had it formed into a Lombardi had it trophy into like a super
0: bowl i have to see this. yeah so what she did yeah she had it she had some welders put it together at, in shape of a Lombardi trophy yeah which, Which is, it was his leg geez. brace, maybe yeah. that big ass leg brace he had on that was yeah, like the, the round, like all those. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just that watching, was, just watching that documentary alone that had me choked dope. up, man. Like, oh I, my god, yeah, how incredible is that, dude? How
2: awesome is that?
0: So cool. Like yeah, I had me shook. You want to talk about goals? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you want to talk about yeah. goals, man? Talking about life.
2: Goals.
1: Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, so uh, like we like I said, we could sit here and, and, and gloss this one over and over again, but I think this was by yeah. far the easiest one of all of these awards. So one, the, the, one of the easiest ones I've ever had. to Yeah, win this. yeah, slam dunk for sure. Yeah. Now we need to move to Coach of the Year, Eddie. Who was? Because yeah. there's a there's legitimate candidates. Some, yeah. in man.
2: Go yeah. ahead. My my Coach of the Year this season, I'm gonna give it to Sean Payton from the New Orleans Saints what he did what he did with that team with an average quarterback because drew Brees isn't ever it's an average quarterback now yeah because of his age we saw like throughout the injuries and all that stuff he he's not the same he anymore. played like three different teams exactly he, he had three
0: different forms of how he'd run he his was offense bad.
2: he was bad this year and sean payton did an amazing job like that defense he yeah built a great defense That's yeah. like that's a solid defense and the way he did with that offense and being able to bring in Taysom Hill, a fucking, a, a pretty much a not known quarterback, even though he's a quarterback. This is a quarterback. He plays every position. He had him coming in, and then they were winning games with Taysom Hill. So, I mean, still being able to get a team to twelve and four and almost winning. The the conference.
1: It's not like that. It's not
0: like they it's had a light a easy, schedule. Yeah. yeah, it's
2: not a. It's not a easy. They
0: thing destroyed to do. the Bucks twice. And they almost, too.
1: they yeah.
2: almost beat the Chiefs. You know what I mean? Like they oh, yeah. have the team to that, can that make defense it to a is super- incredible. Yeah. So yeah. what what Sean Payton is doing with that team is incredible, especially with an average quarterback. Yes, I said that Drew Brees is an average quarterback.
1: Uh, yeah, that's not really a hot taking as a name, but yeah,
2: what he's done with that team has impressed me this season. Keeping him at twelve and four back to back playoffs. Hopefully this year they don't choke, which hopefully Drew Brees can, you know, have, uh, put a little bit, a uh, uh, few in this uh, fire. <laughs> the microphone
1: in the booth
0: awaits
2: him. Trust yeah, so me, he's my, got a future. My, my coach of the year is going to go to Sean Payne. Fair enough.
0: Yeah, um, I like that call. I just, the only thing is with me that gives me a little bit of pause is that roster from top to bottom is really, really good. I know they've been without Michael Thomas pretty much all year. Um, But Drew Brees played most of the year. He wasn't great, but he's he's always been good enough to manage games and rely on that defense to close it out. And that's what they did all year. And Sean Payton coached his ass off, especially when Drew Brees was out, and they had to you know maneuver exactly. guys around yeah. to to find ways to score and put up points and win games. But for me, man, I got to give it to Kevin Stefanski because of what he did. Go, I mean, who everyone knows. The factory of sadness that is Cleveland sports and has been for a long time before LeBron showed up and the Browns, what they've been known for, right? Just lose, baby. Is pretty much what their their slogan has been for the longest time. That's what they do. Stefansi came in. This is Baker's what third head coach now, Th- third new OC, uh, his third OC of his career. They lose Odell Beckham Jr., you know, absolute superstar player in this league. Baker's go-to guy. They, they lose him. Yeah, well, they got better because, well, because this is why I'm crediting Stefanski, because you lose a, an, an absolute weapon like that. With a limited quarterback who's been so-so, they they managed to make it through some of the worst weather, the worst weather games of the year so far. They played three of the worst weather games, and then they got W's out of those games. I think they lost one of them, but they, for the most part, they played well and got W's. Um, and he's found a way to get those, this Browns team finally to the playoffs. They broke that curse. They broke through that wall. This is his first year. And he broke through that wall for Cleveland. I mean, I I know it's a landslide in Cleveland and in a lot of the mid Midwest that he is he's the guy here. Um, you know, Gabe is produced Baker's best year. Baker's never looked better than he has this year. Uh, like I said, they lost Odell. Um, their running game and their and their and their offensive line has been incredible. The way they produce, the way that offense lives through the, the the running game, and that de- they built a good defense. They had the league leader in sacks. Um, just overall, I've been really in and there, and, they, and, and they've been a fun team to watch, right? They produce points not non traditionally and very traditionally via run game and a lot of cool trick plays that has worked out the majority of the time. He's been really, really creative with how he runs his offense. He's worked to Baker's favor. He's played a lot of like the way Baker played in college, you know, let him kind of move around and make plays. They've, they've created a good old line for Baker to have time to make plays. And I think they're, uh, like I said on the last podcast, I think they're a sneaky team heading into the playoffs. I think they have. Just, I think they have a really ch- big chip on their shoulder, and I think Coach Stefanski does as well. I think he's the third runner up, though. I think Sean McDermott and, and Brian Flores are the two guys ahead of him to win it. I think Andy Reid's fourth. I wanted to say Andy Reid so bad because you can say that every damn year because we just it feels like we just slept through, slept walk through the AFC this year and like nothing. You know, you know, we really only lost one game if we're being honest.
1: Andy Reid is never going to win another Coach of the Year, right? With Patrick yeah. Holmes as his quarterback, yeah. Unless, unless Patrick Holmes is out for an entire season and Patrick and, and Andy Reid leads the Chiefs to like a ten and six season, mm-hmm. that's not happening. Yeah. I, I I made peace with that the moment for Patrick sure. Holmes. That's what I'm saying. MVP. He could
0: easily win it again this year, just yeah. like I said. We slept, th- we slept, walked through the AFC I, this I year. I will say
1: this: I, I was I was very tempted, even up to before the show, to give it to Stefanski, yeah. because because everything you just stated. Yeah. But then I really thought about it. I'm like, adversity. They should have won the division. Adversity. Too. Let's see. Imagine going to a team for the first year of uh, you, you. You've been a great coach for nine, nine seasons at your previous spot. Got to a Super Bowl, and then came to this spot, dealing with the biggest piece of shit owner in all of and all of the league. All these allegations, all of these problems that are going, all these distractions. Oh yeah, COVID's happening. All no OTAs with your rookies. Right. No no certainties of anything. You don't know what your quarterback position is. Oh, and you get cancer. And then you lead this team to a division. I granted they did, they did not win impressively. They went seven and nine. Mm. But I, I, I'm going to give mine to Ron Rivera. I love it, man. Because of, like I said, everything I just stated, like you talk about adversity 100% right, Trevor. 18 years the Browns have not gotten yeah. the playoffs. 18 years. So that is an
0: incredible story, and I love it. He's, he's already going to be—he's going to be in in the lore of yeah, Cleveland now yeah. because he made the but, playoffs. But Ron Rivera, like yeah. I said,
1: with the adversity on his side, like I said, because it isn't just on a team aspect; it's his own physical health. Mm. So to be able to over to still coach during cancer, during chemo treatments, to get this team to buy in, you're relying on a 37 year old quarterback that has basically a leg and a half to will you into the playoffs, like. And to me, that is the better story. That is the bigger, better, the best story of Mal McDermott was deserving. Andy Reid was deserving. Sean Payton was deserving. Yeah, there are Flores. so many guys deserving. But if I'm looking at it in totality, oh, man, it's Ron Rivera. So that was a tough one for sure. I think that's going to be one of the tougher awards to give out. But I think these next two are going to be the easier ones mm-hmm. to give out outside of the Alex Smith Comeback Player of the Year. Defensive rookie, offensive rookie of the year. Eddie, who are your off- defensive and offensive rookies of the year? Uh, offense,
2: I'm going to go with Justin Herbert. Uh, from the Chargers, he's just been one hell of a player. Um, nobody knew what he w- he really was coming into the Chargers because though the Chargers drafted him, it felt like uh, Lynn wasn't buying into it. Like the first couple weeks, like before the whole injury happened, which I think it was week two to. Uh, Tarot, Taylor, Tarot, Tarot, Tarot Taylor. Taylor, Yeah. If it hadn't happened to that, like we wouldn't have not seen uh, Justin Herbert touch Probably the field. not. Probably
0: not for least to ask. Unless, half unless season. was and, really bad.
2: Yeah. Uh but but for Lynn to like not buy into him in the first, you know, training, uh I guess preseason in their own way, you know, like uh, we saw hard knocks and I knew this that dude was
0: yeah. special. because like, a cannon. He was,
2: he was making throws. Even Lynn said in hard knocks that it was like to, he can throw like yep. he yes. Well, Lynn's he has voice arm. does not matter anymore. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so we saw we saw what happened. Uh yeah, yeah he's having amazing, amazing years. Uh years. Uh <laughs> he's got he's got multiple years already games. <laughs> yeah. games. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Uh I, I believe he had multiple three hundred yard games and oh he uh, had the most three hundred yard games by a rookie ever. Yeah. He broke several records yes. for a rookie, yeah.
2: Um and then defensive player of the year.
1: Um Defensive rookie of the year. Defensive rookie of the year.
2: I have to come back to that one. That's fine.
0: Trevor, you, Who's I your mean, offensive uh, and defensive? As much I think as it's I love, and, off, yeah. and for fantasy reasons, as much as I love, and reality reasons, and entertainment reasons, as much as I love Justin Jefferson, and as fun as he was to watch, and as absolutely, I crackers. think, I think, he's I think, yeah, he, he's Justin. I, if they had a breakout player of the year award, I think he'd be right up there oh, getting yeah. this the too. Because, oh, yeah. because, oh, yeah. I mean, to, to go to go to a, a, a treasured franchise in Minnesota that's known to have a lot he's of he's great receivers, Kurt, Chris Carter, Randy Moss, they've had a lot of great receivers. Yeah, they've had Stephon Diggs, right, and Adrian Peterson. They had a lot of great offensive <laughs> weapons over there, um, and this kid might be the best ever. Yeah, um, it's already having the best start. Obviously, he broke Randy Moss's rookie record.
1: Fourteen. Uh, the kid
0: is so fun to watch. He's incredible. He's already an incredible. He looks like Keenan Allen out there and running Kirk routes already. Might be holding him back? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah. You, you put a Sam Darnold out there, maybe he, that would be uh, maybe an upgrade in a duo to you know throw, get him downfield a little more and a little more uh, deep shots. But I mean, overall, the kid's numbers are insane. I really want to say Justin Jefferson, but I mean the fact that Justin Herbert happened this year, uh, week one, you know, two minutes before the game, he gets told that he's going to start against the defending champs. Uh, I mean that alone, and the way he performed outside of that that boneheaded rookie mistake he made throwing that pick towards the end of that game, they might have won that game, um, and probably would have if he wouldn't have thrown that pick and gave us that chance at the end there. So, uh, since since his first snap, he what looked great. He looked like a seasoned vet. Um, one of the best, maybe the best rookie quarterback season I've seen ever outside of. I mean, I know Patrick Mahomes' season wasn't a rookie season, yeah, it was his of first start, season. but it yeah, was incredible, yeah. man. And 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 to to overcome the the deficiency at coaching, the decision making, if he would have had a better coach, they would be a playoff team this year. They would absolutely, I, I truly the believe that. General health, I mean, of, not even just the health though. I mean, because he had weapons, that offense was roaring most of the year outside of a couple blunders, they had low scoring games, a couple of them, but outside of that, he. Three hundred multiple touchdowns, three hundred yards plus, and three touchdowns almost every week. Just mark it down. That's a rookie. You know what I mean? So uh, even with some backups, he was he was still balling out. You know, with, with when Keenan Allen was out, he didn't have Eckler most of the year. You know, so um, it's Justin Jefferson or Justin Jefferson. It's it's Justin Herbert, and it's no looking back. I mean, to me, the kid was a, a it's surefire. Person,
2: I, I forgot his name. That's why I say come back to me. Yeah, <laughs> it's Chase Young from from. From WFT or WTF. I want Tom.
0: I love it. I love it. Oh, we're, oh. <laughs> we're gonna talk about that.
2: Oh, we're gonna talk about that.
1: Best believe, that, kids. That but, dude's insane. Uh, I he love knows it. how to get
2: to the quarterback. Yeah. He, he he knows how to put the pressure. Nobody like he's kind of like that uh, uh Aaron Donald, kind of like nobody knows what like how to block him. Well, it, yeah, different, they don't different, different positions, but <laughs> but it's like the offensive line is kind of like, oh shit, you know, yeah. like how do we like he's quick, yeah. he's strong. So it's kind of like he puts that quarterback in the position of uh, having to throw real quick. Yep. So that's who that's who my uh, defensive player of the year.
0: Yeah, it's Chase Young. It's not even. This rookie. is this is probably the outside of Alex Smith. Um, they just so happen to be on the same team. The easiest one. I mean, dude, you watch anybody who loves football coming
2: out of the draft? Everybody knew he. was – Yeah, the you he know he was NFL, NFL ready.
0: ready. He knew he, he, was, he was a candidate
1: was for defensive that.
0: player of the year, Absolutely. not just rookie. Yeah, of the year. yeah. And I know, I know he's a defensive end. He's a different. Uh, position, but he reminds me so much of Ray Lewis coming Ooh. onto the scene. He's mouthy. He backs up every single yes, play. He, yeah. Everyone's quivering and of has time. to know where he's at on the field at all times. You, Everyone always knew you had to know where Ray Lewis is at, at all times. And even though Ray Lewis was a bigger size linebacker, old school size linebacker, so they're really not too far off size-wise, even though Chase is a monster. Um, but yeah, He reminds me just his attitude, his production, yes. just bursting onto the scene. I know Ray Lewis wasn't the greatest coming onto the scene, but he was very good Chase Young is is better than Ray Lewis starting off his career, and he's incredible. He's the reason this defense is what it is. I believe they're the highest rated defense as the year finally ended. They were they were the they're top defense. defense. Yeah. Oh, as far as getting quarterback pressures, I think they led the they're league. So, defense. and he's the guy leading the pack there. So, I mean, I think who's the other guys running up? They got a uh, uh, Jeremy Chen, safety from Carolina. Oh, yeah. Uh Antoine Winfield Jr., obviously, from Tampa Bay. is a really good safety this year. And then Patrick Queen, who I think was okay. He, he was banged um,
1: so up a lot this year. I, yeah. I, he,
0: he, under, he, he underperformed, in my he, mind. He benefited that. off
1: of being on a great defense. Yeah. But on my side, yeah, the slam dunks, of, I'd love Justin Jefferson. I'd love to give him an award. But the quarterback position being so much more vital and important yeah. and Justin Herbert playing to the level that yeah. he did. Uh, I will say, though, Herbert did rack up some numbers in some garbage time games. I will say that. Uh, at the same time, though, we did see him come up big. Like I said, a, a nail-biter. It, it took an overtime field goal from the Super Bowl champion, Chiefs, to beat him. Uh, and also the fact that he squeaked out that victory. He carried his team to that victory over the Raiders. Uh, was that week 16, week 15 or 16? That was a big game. Yeah, it was a big game for Justin Herbert, and he, he absolutely did well. So I, I think he's going to be an absolute stud. I think he's already a top-10 quarterback in this league. Uh, and then uh, without question, Chase Young, he's just he's different, man. Uh, he, to me was the by far best player coming out of this draft. And in, in my opinion, yeah. I think he's, uh, already he's, he's a hall of fame talent. Uh, he has that drive, that passion, that zeal. I love the shit talking. I want to say
0: one thing about him. Go I'll stat out there real quick about, about chase young. Um, in the last decade, there was only one player to have a better rookie, uh, uh, rookie edge, um, edge defender rating since this in the past decade. And that's Nick Bosa who had 89.8. <laughs> Chase Young had an 87.7. So when you're 7. in the
1: same category as Nick Bosa, you're <laughs> doing okay. <laughs> right. So yeah, I think those two are very, very easy considering uh, their competition. Now, uh, defensive and offensive players of the year. Eddie, who is your defensive and offensive players of the year? My
2: defensive player of the year was a little tricky. Uh, it's a little hard. Uh, there was two players I really wanted to give it to, but, but I chose one and, and, and you know, uh, Go back to back. Aaron Donald. Uh, he had. I mean, I think he's just the best player, the, the best defensive player there is in the league to this moment to today. Uh, I was gonna give it to Miles Garrett because he also had a great season. Uh, he he him they, uh, that Browns defense can be scary, uh, but I don't know. Like sometimes the players don't click and they just get out, just outscored and it's ridiculous. But I think. The, the the Rams defense, I think it goes through Aaron Donald. That that's who it is. They they did get Jalen Ramsey, but that Rams defense is Aaron Donald. If Aaron Donald's not getting to the quarterback, that Rams defense is pretty much obsolete in that in the in the field. Mm. Um, so for him, for the magnitude of the player he is, for like the value of the like that position, like his uh presence in the field is, I'm gonna give it to him. Uh offensive player of the year. I'm going to have to give it to uh, Travis Kelsey. Hmm. Uh, best tight end season ever. Uh, better than we've ever seen before. We've never seen this kind of uh, performance by any tight end ever. Breaking the record of uh, receiving yards for a tight end in a single season, having over a hundred re- receptions in a season. Uh, I think this is, what, fifth, if I'm mm-hmm. not mistaken. That's insane. That's insane. That's uh, insane. This only has solidified Travis Kelsey into the Hall of Fame. Uh, I just don't see him not being in the Hall of Fame. I think the numbers he put this seasons and the the numbers he put this season were amazing. And then, you know, always being there to bail Patrick Mahomes out,
1: mm-hmm.
2: being that player that Patrick Mahomes can trust at any moment, at any time, throwing the ball, fucking just passing, like you know, just giving him a yeah.
0: So yeah, yeah. that's that's gonna be my. My I think defensive player of the year is actually a lot tighter and more flat than it's been in a while because the last couple of years it has been Aaron Donald and it's not even close. Uh he was going for he's going for his third this year, but I'm giving it to TJ Watt this year. Um watching that watching that guy play every week, he's hands down the best linebacker in the league this year. TJ Watt was just constantly pestered. It doesn't matter what quarterback it was, but it doesn't matter how good your O-line was. The dude was finding ways to get in that backfield and get after you and, and hit you and force fumbles um he was just incredible to watch um i love his aggression i love he was the, the absolute pulse of that steelers defense leading that way when they're on that 11-0 run um he was an absolute leader this year uh i loved i just i loved everything about him for me for me he's i think he's going to win it it's not even just my personal opinion i think he's going to win it this year um and i think he's the odds favorite as well aaron donald being second uh, but I, I do, I can't. We can't talk about this. Not mention Xavier and Howard. Ten interceptions. Uh, oh, ten, yeah. I mean, ten interceptions at this at the position he and he was talking about. Pulse of the defense. He's the reason that the Dolphins were in that race. Uh, with the quarterback position being flip-flopped around. That defense was incredible this year, and he was the the, the lead dog of that defense. I mean, we look at the – just for instance, the, for us personally, we saw that one that he just plucked oh, out of the air on, yeah, on, on Tyreek. It yeah. was a great-placed ball. Pat put the ball in the money where Tyreek – we we all thought Tyreek could only get the ball there. But Tyreek obviously being a little undersized, Xavier just went up there and just literally Tony just – Tony Yeah, just mossed it. Yeah. Mossed yeah. it out of – it was incredible, man. Every – and. That, I, he was the reason I wanted to watch the Dolphins every time they were on. He was just so great to watch. He's all over the field. Uh, the guy is trending to become an absolute superstar in this league, and this is probably his breakout year to really do that, even though he, I think he's been solid since he's been in the league. Uh, but, yeah, I, I really want to give it to him. But T.J. Watt was just overwhelmingly great this year and really fun to watch. Um, so as far as offense, this one was tough, man. You guys know I love my guy, Kelsey, and he's blazing the trail for the new tight ends. Uh, as as far as being, you know, and I know him not playing the last week isn't really fair. I can't not give it to Derrick Henry this year. Two mm-hmm. straight 2,000-yard rushing years. Five 203 touchdown games. He, what he's doing in an era that the running back is kind of becoming... You know, faded off as far as like there's most teams have multiple backs in their in their team on their backfields. They split they split reps with most teams. How that's how they are. Most most running backs depend on catches now and, and receiving yards and getting receiving touchdowns. And that's how a lot of them are getting their their yards from scrimmage. This guy is just pounding the rock. Thirty plus carries a week, almost every single week. Two thousand yards once again. You know, and has let and was the heartbeat of that team, leading them to the playoffs once again. I can't not give it to Derrick Henry. As much as I am a absolute diehard fanboy of my guy Travis Kelsey and have been since he came into this this city, I'm gonna give it to Derrick Henry. No, yeah.
1: well, for me, it's um, on the defensive uh, player of the year side of things, man. I, th- I think this one was was difficult. If you look at just from a sh- like on paper. To me, I think it's a runaway though that TJ Watt's going to win this, and the and the reason why is uh, everything Trevor said, but in the, in the, in, a, in a finer comb of things, he got robbed last season. I know Stephon Gilmore is an awesome, awesome cornerback. Hmm. He was not a better defender last season than TJ Watt, in my opinion. And TJ Watt came this came out this season, and even had a better season. TJ Watt led the the league this season. And, and uh, pass rush, I'm sorry, uh, tackles for loss, sacks, and quarterback hits. And he didn't even play Week 17. T.J. Watt is, Trevor's 100% right. He is the best linebacker in the NFL, and it might not be close. And He's it's crazy, incredible. too, because he came into this league with some big-ass shoes to fill with J.J. Watt, yep. his big brother, already a surefire first ballot Hall of Fame pass rusher being in the league. To then go out there and play to the level of his brother in his prime, so uh, this one is pretty slam dunk for me, man. I think that TJ Watt will and should yeah. win this. Win this. Aaron Donald, you could pencil him at every year's defense. Yeah, I think, it, I think Aaron Donald had, what,
0: what eleven or twelve sacks and forced, forced fumble, like, four first fumble. Yeah, Aaron Donald but, was stupid good this year.
1: And, and like
2: like I said, dude, like that defense is him alone yes. pretty much. Well, he, it, well,
0: I mean, they have one of the best. the best Brockers, they have, Yeah, they have other guys I, as well.
2: But, but I think Aaron Donald is the, the best cornerback Jalen Ramsey is the fuel of this defense. If he's, not I will having, agree with that. If he's yeah. not having a good game, but let's
1: let's let's bring let's, T.J. Let's bring lost it. a lot of his fellow exactly. teammates. They, he lost year. three starting yeah. defenders and Bud two Dupree. of them were, yeah, yeah, two of them were in the front seven. Yeah. So he lost a lot of guys, and he knew that
0: he was going to be targeted even more so. And he still went out there balled out. Just watching him play, dude. He's so it's scary. He's what you want. He's everything you want in a linebacker. He's mm-hmm. so everything. fun to watch. Everything you want.
1: Well, and, and then on the offensive <laughs> on the offensive side, look, I Travis Kelsey's not going to win this award because he doesn't play a position of, of that I don't he want to say he doesn't play a, he doesn't want to he doesn't I don't want to say he doesn't play a position of importance because obviously in Kansas City he is the second most important player on this roster outside yeah, of Patrick Mahomes. Know. But he's not going to win it because of the fact that other guys had a great seasons and just as great as seasons at more important positions. And Derrick Henry to me should win the award. He should. I'm not going to give it to Derrick Henry though, even though Derrick Henry in, in the last 20 games has had the greatest 20 game uh, uh, most the most yards okay. within 20 games in That's, the history of the NFL. 2000, That's 2064 in 20 games. Or I'm um, uh, I'll, I'll look you the said, number up, but he has the most rushing yards in a 20 game span in the history of the NFL. So Derrick Henry should win the award. I'm giving Offensive Player of the Year to Aaron Rodgers because I don't have Aaron Rodgers as my MVP. As crazy as as some people think that is, as crazy as some people think that is, Aaron Rodgers, to me, is not the MVP of this league, so therefore, you have a guy who threw 48 touchdowns in this league, over 4,400 yards. For me, that is a guy that has to get that because he plays the most important position, led the league in touchdowns. Aaron Rodgers, to me, is the offensive player of the year because he put up the best offensive numbers at the most important position. Um, Now we go into the final one. The one that we all want to talk about, and I know we all have our takes on it. Who is Eddie the most valuable player of the 2020 NFL season to you? Aaron Rodgers,
2: and I don't think there's no question in my like in my mind that he's not the MVP. The things he was able to do this season with that with that team with that Green Bay Packers team, yes, they have a great, they have probably the best wide receivers, probably the best. Uh, one of the best running games in the league. You know they have a great, great offensive line, <laughs> great offensive line. But I think what he was still able to do in that in that team was unbelievable. He's, I believe, thirty six years old, and, and to put the numbers he put this season, it is crazy. He he had a great season, and you can't, you, I mean, you can't not look at Aaron Rodgers as like just because Patrick Mahomes had you know better passing yards or whatnot, he's a great quarterback. I mean look at what Aaron Rodgers is doing at 30 30-something years old. He you, you can you can't beat that, man. And like you said earlier this year in our predictions, yeah. you said Aaron Rodgers was going to have the best the best season of his career. And I think he had a better season than his 2011 uh MVP season. I I honestly think this season was better than his 2011 MVP season. So, him balling out and having a great Great season. I'm, I'm I'm gonna have to give it to Aaron Rodgers, man. I I just don't think there's any question to that.
1: Yeah, and, and there's nothing really necessarily wrong with giving Rodgers the MVP. And I don't want to I don't want to downplay the value of an Aaron Rodgers because again, like you spoke about, I I, I did I. I did anticipate fully anticipate that Aaron Rodgers are going to have an historic season this year? He was
2: having a pissed off season. He
1: did. I he, love it. And there was a lot. There was a lot of reasons why. Now, Trevor, I'm I'm assuming you're going to be in the same boat as Eddie when it comes to the MVP.
0: So, no, no, I'm not. Okay, uh, Patrick Mahomes is the best player in this league, and he's the most valuable player and of any player in the NFL. What the
1: fuck changed? Um, what happened? What the? What I want to know. Trevor's been on me for weeks now. When, did about when did Aaron I ever Rogers? say Aaron Rodgers is the MVP? Okay, we need to get dr- – I think the Spoken <laughs> Podcast needs to do
0: drug tests now. No, I never said he was the MVP. I said he's fully deserving of it. Okay, well, then you're – okay, so he's deserving of it, but he's not He's not your MVP. Of course he's deserving of it. Okay. He should absolutely be up there. The- I mean, he's – I
2: think For sure. overall he had a better season than Mahomes. Let's, let's yeah, see, but
0: why did why he have to play last week of the year? Why did he have to play last week of the year, though? I just – Might need to solidify <laughs> earlier. Well,
1: because <laughs> – Why is he
0: struggling <laughs> against – I mean, why Why was he putting up <laughs> Damian Aguse against the Carolina Panthers?
1: Why moments? do you throw three picks? Against, against, why do you throw three picks?
0: Panthers? Why throw three picks against a team that Mahomes actually shredded in one quarter? I'm just saying, like there's there's, there's a difference.
2: <laughs> Almost came back
0: and beat him for oh, for sure. But the pack doesn't play defense. I'm just saying.
2: I'm just saying. the most
0: valuable player in the NFL is it's not even close. It's Patrick Mahomes. Aaron Rodgers is ping pong back and forth. They had a so so year the year before and had a great. He's maybe more I, of a I'm comeback honest, player. I didn't expect this. I knew you. Wow. I knew you
1: were saying that. Patrick Mahomes. No no no.
0: It's not. This is not even a Homer thing. I'm a fan of the game first and then I love my Chiefs. But Patrick Mahomes is the best player in football. When you're the best player in football and you're and you and your value is whether you're on or off the field, you take Mahomes off the field, his value shows or his his, his value shows itself on how valuable he is. So he's the most valuable player in this in this game. It's not even close. He, he showed last year in the playoffs, if they didn't have Mahomes, we would have had a first round exit. We might not even have made the playoffs. Um, uh, he was the reason we were in every single game. He was the reason we came back from every single game. He has a rare ability to put teams on his back and 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 grind it out and find ways to win games late in games in the biggest games, the biggest spotlight possible. Aaron Rodgers got his ass destroyed last year in the playoffs when he had a chance to beat the team with the 49ers, who who obviously went to the Super Bowl as well. A very well, all-time defense. i give him that. But he had a chance and he fell flat. And this year, I mean, Mahomes. There's a reason Mahomes, like I said, didn't have to play in the last week because he had his team position to where he didn't have to. We actually, we absolutely walked through the AFC this year, who's pro- which is which is probably the better division in football than the NFC this year, as far as wins go. We had an 11 win team, almost missed the playoffs. That's how good the AFC is. So, yeah, I mean, you got you got six, seven win teams fighting to win a playoff spot in the NFC. So we can go there. Um, it's Patrick Mahomes, man. And it's not a homer. This is not a homer pick. This is, this is the eye test. This is the numbers. I know I know. Aaron Rodgers had more passing touchdowns because he throws more than any other quarterback when you get in the red zone. I know he was more efficient in the red zone this year than Patrick Mahomes. That, in my mind, a lot of it is coaching. Andy Reid likes to get a little too cute. We do some strange things when it comes to the red zone. That's not necessarily on Patrick. When we see Patrick scramble around and make plays and be who he is in the red zone, he almost every single time finds a way to find it to, to throw that, that ball in the end zone. So for me most valuable player is Patrick Mahomes. Runner-up would be Aaron Rodgers. I love it. And this is actually, see, the spoiler alert was already
1: out there when I called Offensive Player of the Year for Aaron Rodgers because off it, he was the most – because I, I look at when they give defensive and offensive players of the year, that's them saying, who is the most outstanding player at that on that side of the ball? Right. So who was the most outstanding player on offense this year? Derrick Henry was deserving of it. But, but again, Aaron Rodgers plays a more important position, and he had forty eight damn touchdowns. Yeah. So I'm going to give him the nod on the offensive player of the year because he was mo- more outstanding this year than Patrick Mahomes was. Mm-hmm. But when it comes down to being, I was talking to uh, Taylor Witt um, uh, from the It's Always Sunny in Kansas and It's Always Sunny and and uh, Chiefs Kingdom uh, podcast, mm-hmm. and he he was in you know we were talking back and forth on Twitter, and he broke down about how it's a narrative driven uh, award when it comes to the MVP. It's not always about value, unfortunately. But, see, I'm going to hold true to that. I think that it needs to be about value. And Trevor just broke it down. It's Look, guys, when it comes to Patrick Mahomes, despite playing one fewer game and a tougher schedule, had more game-winning drives, more, more fourth-quarter comebacks, had a higher quarterback rating, and more touchdowns with only one more pick in the fourth quarter than Aaron Rodgers this season. The fact that Mahomes led his team to the best record in the NFL, only lost one game in over 420 days, threw for over 4,700 yards, 38 touchdowns, only six picks, and again, three fourth quarter comebacks, three game winning drives, and finished somehow finished second all pro with one loss, with one damn loss. And it's like it's almost like it's almost as if the NFL is is poking at Mahomes intentionally with this type of rhetoric. Because I understand again the numbers on the touchdown side of things suit Aaron Rodgers better, but is it about just touchdown totals when it comes to most valuable player? Because again, like Trevor said, when it comes to red zone plays, the Packers always throw the damn ball. When it comes to Patrick Mahomes' touchdowns, usually come from 20 to 25 yards out. So it's not, they, they don't run the same styles of offense. And again, by week 12, 13, the Chiefs already knew we're going to get the one seed here. So all we got to do is survive, get, get healthy for the rest of the season. Patrick Mahomes already had his six straight games of 300 plus passing yards. That's already an NFL record. That's something Aaron Rodgers, no other
0: quarterback in the history of this league, has ever done. Well, and Pat didn't didn't need external motivation from them drafting a guy to take his spot next year. Right, and also the fact, when you're on a streak like the Chiefs have been,
1: since having only one loss since week 11 of the previous season, being the defending Super Bowl champs, putting up numbers isn't exactly the point of emphasis. It's getting victories. It's being ready for the playoffs. It's being ready for a Super Bowl repeat. So I'm not disrespecting and saying that the Packers can't or won't be in the Super Bowl. They very well could be. But I think Aaron Rodgers had a point to make by I don't want to say padding stats, but stop me, guys. Like Point me in the direction of a game that Patrick Holmes had this season, let alone his entire fucking career, that he put up stat numbers like Aaron Rodgers did against the Buccaneers where he completed 45% of his passes, had 160 yards, zero touchdowns, two interceptions, with a 35 quarterback rating because it hasn't happened. Now, people will say, well, that was so long ago. Does it not play into the season? Because it's funny to me that people will use the Atlanta Falcons game against Patrick Mahomes, but won't use that against the against Aaron Rodgers. How does that make sense? Because if we're going to really start uh, uh, splitting the hairs here a little bit, best games and worst games, Patrick Mahomes has the better games and the and the lesser worst games. If you want to compare worst games, look at Patrick Mahomes' worst games. What is it against the Dolphins when he threw three hundred ninety three yards, two touchdowns, and three picks? Right. Or when is it against the Falcons? We had 278 yards, two touchdowns and a pick, and a game-winning drive? Like, if you're going to talk about worst games and talk about value, how many times did Patrick Mahomes save his team? How many times did Aaron Rodgers have to save his team? They're beating the Panthers. He had 150 passing yards. They're beating teams. He The, the last game, they had to win. The last game of the season, they had to win against the Bears. He had four touchdowns, sure. Threw again a lot in the red zone. Had 250 passing yards. Patrick Mahomes had 278 in a game everyone said was bad. So it, it, it's to me. It was there was a narrative. Let's give Aaron Rodgers the older quarterback who had to prove something this year. Let's give him the MVP. But if you, if like, we talk about it all the time, you put money on it. You get to pick a quarterback right now to, to, for the playoffs this season. Well, you put a you put a, you get to pick any quarterback to to lead your team into this playoffs for the best chance of winning the Super Bowl. Who are you taking? Right. It's the, it's the LeBron James argument. You, put, you could pick any NBA player right now to lead your team in the playoffs. You're going to tell me you're not picking LeBron James. That's look, absolutely look, insane. you gotta,
0: You got you to you add in the factor of built-in bias here too, not just from fans because there's a lot of bias of fans, but also in the talking heads in the sports realm too um, because the bias being the Chiefs are the defending champs. Patrick Mahomes is has taken the, the lead as the best player in the NFL. Everyone already knows this, so that everyone wants to kind of be this contrarian you know they want to go with more of the heartwarming pick with with Aaron Rodgers. You know being an aging quarterback who's still very elite in, in his own right, um, who's a previous MVP in his own right, uh, a previous Super Bowl winner in his own right. But the Chiefs, being who they are, defending champs, everyone knows they're the favorite to win it again this year. Everything is positive for the Chiefs this year. They coasted this year and won and went. In my mind, really only lost one game, right? So and winning the AFC outright, everyone knew they were going to do that. And they just did what everyone expected, right? The Chiefs are winners. Patrick Mahomes a winner. He did what he did. Everyone expected it. No one expected Aaron Rodgers to put up the numbers he did, which is great. And his numbers are great. And it's it's a it's 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 more of an unexpected thing. So it makes it easier to kind of lean towards him. But the craziest part is Patrick Mahomes and the odds right now isn't even the runner up, it's Josh Allen. Josh Allen is leapfrog these last few weeks is leapfrog Patrick in the in the and the odds, which I think is ridiculous. I guarantee I, I get it. He's been playing great the last few weeks. But yeah, I mean I, I, for me man, I I don't think as a caveat, I in reality I don't think Pat's going to win. I just don't think no, he's, he's absolutely win. Not going Aaron to win. Aaron Rodgers is going to win it. Yes. Um he's a, a kind of an overwhelming favorite at this point now, but I'm minus I'm minus right, 2000. I'm just yeah. saying, I'm right. You're well, you're wrong. going to be right because yeah, he's going to win it probably, <laughs> I'm but I
1: I'm right, you're <laughs> right. But there's already
0: there's already there's already an, uh, there's already an ex- um um Fatigue of uh, yes. Patrick Mahomes' fatigue, uh, similar yes. to LeBron fatigue. And to be honest fan. with you,
1: as a Chiefs fan, I actually, as much as I want to see my my quarterback get acknowledged and, and get what he deserves, this is something that I think can actually bode well greatly for the Chiefs because Travis Kelsey's not getting Offensive Player of the Year. Patrick Mahomes is not getting the MVP. Tyreek Hill has no shot at any award. So the Chiefs are getting, and the Chiefs are getting openly. Openly disrespected yeah. on the national level of, me- of media, yeah. where everyone's talking about Josh Allen and the Bills. Which again, you're right, Trevor. The Bills and Josh Allen have been playing great football. Yep. But we're going to contextualize that in a, in a couple segments from now yeah. about why they're playing so great. And I have believe I, you guys know, I believe in them. But you, you know, the Chiefs are paying attention to this stuff, and Patrick Mahomes is a very petty person. That Eric Bieniemy calls him a competitive prick. There's a reason why a coach would call a player that. Yeah. There's a reason why he pays attention when when the NFL 100 came out with that uh, list of all the 100 players. Patrick Mahomes finishes fourth. You saw him tweet that little. I'm taking notes. He's been collecting data, guys. Just for the like Travis time. Kelsey
0: said in his recent interview, uh, he talked about they the Chiefs have been ready for the playoffs to start since the season started. Since the season started, they've been this, waiting to get to this. this point. Said they are. They knew they were going to be here. Yes, the Chiefs knew they could play their B game. Every game, all week, every week, and yeah. still get that first seed and get that that buy. And just, trust me, man, we could have I, a whole yeah. other segment about yeah. this. But but that's that's, that's
1: that's where our awards are, guys. Let us know what you guys think, who you who your awards are going to, and why. We'd love to hear you guys on Facebook. Uh, just join our gr- uh, Facebook group at the Spoken. Uh, you yes are on Twitter, hit us up at the Spoken Pod. On uh, Instagram, it's at the Spoken Podcast. Hit us up and let us know what you guys think as well. We're gonna take a quick break. Because when we, we get back, we're getting building, to the motherfucking Eddie Awa. Cannot wait to get to that. We'll get back to that after we this. The and more lanes.
2: We are building a religion, a limited edition. We're now accepting callers for these
1: Casey Hemp Company. Your most trusted CBD provider in Kansas City, shipping nationwide. Ancient plant for a new age health. Follow them on Facebook and Instagram at Casey Hempco. Back at it again on the Spoken Podcast for segment number three. I am your host, Lance Twidwell. Here inside the Spoken Studios with my guys, Trevor Twidwell. What's good? Eddie Ortiz. Yo, yo, yo. Speaking of Eddie Ortiz, we have the Eddie Hour, guys. Mm -hmm. Let's get this thing going because we have more things to get to, but we had to stop everything. We had to halt that shit and get to this shit, a shit. Eddie, what is going on in the shit known as the Eddie Hour? (laughs)
0: Shit on me, Eddie. All right, man. OBJ me. OBJ me, Eddie. OBJ. O-B-J. All right, I'm going home.
2: <laughs> no, you're not. Uh, first question. Will Deshaun Watson get traded?
1: I think it's gonna really come down to how much how how far he's willing to go with all this. As it as it currently stands, he's not replying to any texts. Uh, or calls from the McNair family or from uh, Casario, their new GM. I, I don't think it's good. I, in fact, I think it's going to get ugly. I think that if the Texans are willing to um, entertain the thought, you're going to have about 25 teams that are going to be knocking on the door for Deshaun Watson, a teams that might even surprise you. Uh, maybe even more than 25, but I'll, I'll just give All a right. rough estimate. It'll be about 25 teams right now that will say, what, "What what do we need to give you? Uh, And, and yes, the Texans would get an absolute hole for Deshaun Watson. I don't think that's any mystery. Uh, As far as the realities of it, though, I I don't know if it's good right at the second. But if we know anything about our world and the world of sports, things can change so quickly. I'm going to say this. I'll leave the door wide open. And I'll say that there is a chance. But I don't think the Texans have any intention of trading him right now because they know even the Texans, as bad of a shit franchise they are, they even know that they have a great quarterback uh, to work with at, that's only 25 years old, no less. I mean, it, you want to hold on to that as long as you can. They need to build around him. That needs to be their focus. But if he's not willing to work with them, I mean, what choice do they really have at this point? They have to trade him if he's not willing to work with them. My sense is that Deshaun Watson will be there and they'll try to figure this thing out at least for another year.
0: Yeah, it doesn't matter what trade package you put together. The the, the Texans will lose in that trade. Um, you, you have a young, aspiring Elite quarterback who's only getting better, um, who's only learning defenses uh, more and more each season he plays, um, and absolutely had the best year of his career and had nothing to show for it. And that's that falls on the shoulders of the leadership of that franchise, uh, quote unquote, leadership. Um, the fact that, yeah, they made it sound they, when they first drafted him and brought him in, you know, they made it sound when they get him that contract, they made it sound like. Uh, he was going to have a say so in almost all the major decisions, um, and hasn't had a say so in either either decision they've made. Um, they made. They should have got rid of B- uh, Bill O'Brien a long time ago. They should never traded dem- uh, his number one weapon, to DeAndre Hopkins. Absolute shit show over there right now. Um, I don't think he's going to get traded. I think they will do whatever it takes to keep him there. If and if they don't, that it's an, it's one of the, it's an all time blunder in NFL history. Um, because wherever he goes, he's going to succeed. And he's probably it's probably best for him to get traded. Uh, but I don't think it's going to happen. I think they'll convince him somehow. Uh, they've paid him handsomely. Um, Texas is a cool state to live in and play football in. It's uh, the mecca of football in America. So, I mean, uh, it, he's in a great spot as far as location, fan base, Um, But his overall personal success, it's better for him to get out of there. But I think they'll find a way to keep him uh, him around. And
1: something else to think about, too, is that the the realities of Deshaun ending up in a good situation is not good either. I think that if you're looking at – if the Texans ultimately trade him, he's going to go to the Jets. He's going to go to a team like that. At best, he would end up with the Bears. Teams like that that are still very much building themselves. So it's not like he would land on a team that's already Super Bowl ready. Like You you wouldn't see the 49ers get Deshaun Watson in a trade because they'd have to give up too much of their capital, and that's a team that's already been in a Super Bowl and has a roster that can get to the Super Bowl with the right quarterback, but they'd have to give up way too much. When you consider the fact that there are other cheaper alternatives they could get to the Super Bowl back with, they can keep Jimmy G, they can go out and get Matt Stafford, they can go out and get Sam Darnold, you can try to maybe even try your luck at Carson Wentz the point is, is that wh- whoever's going to trade for Deshaun Watson is going to be a team that has the draft capital that's building trying to build a winner themselves so he wouldn't be going to an ideal spot either so he has to consider that as well but in his mind i'd imagine he's probably thinking anywhere's better than where i'm at right now
2: i mean yeah. the the Saints will be in the quarterback market in the next season. They don't have the Shit.
0: cap space. The though. Jets That's might the not. Problem. The Jets might not even be a worse spot right now. They the got Jets. rid of Adam Gase. Yeah. They have a decent defense. They need to build on some corners, but yeah. they have a decent defensive front.
1: Ironically, think but, about this because the core, the quarterback or the coach that uh, Deshaun Watson wants is Eric Bieniemy. Right. I and still Jets think Jets Eric Man- get- I still think Eric Bieniemy is going to end up with the Jets. Yeah, that could happen. Some Jordan Farrior and all these other guys are talking about the Jets are going to hire Eric Bieniemy. Yeah. If That's he says be a better New York. They have a ton, they have like twelve, thirteen picks up in New York. Right. They can trade a couple first round picks. They got two first round picks this season. They trade one of those first round picks this season
0: and next season. Yeah, you got yourself a Deshaun
1: Watson opportunity. They got opportunity some decent
0: here. offensive weapons up there. You know, they got uh, if uh, I'm the Bears, I look Mims at it too. Kid. They got that rookie Memes kid. They got you know Sharp or yeah, Paraman. They got some decent receivers. Not much different than what he has now. And
1: they can draft him weapons. They can draft them a better offensive line. There's a lot of opportunity up in New York. But like I said, right now, just scaling it back. I would imagine the Texans are looking at it going. Okay, how do we keep him? Because we don't want to. There's no way the Texans want to trade Deshaun Watson. That'd be absurd. So,
2: and uh, you know, you you mentioned Eric Bieniemy, and that's going to be my next question.
1: We saw Eric Bieniemy.
2: Well, obviously, we didn't see him directly, but uh, he interviewed for six, I believe, six opening head coaching openings this uh, this week,
1: throughout this week.
2: Now, my question to you guys is. Where would you like to see Eric Bieniemy land?
1: Where would I like to see him land? I mean, obviously I want to see him land in the best possible opportunity. I would say that if you're looking at best opportunity, I would say it's probably L.A. with the Chargers. Just from a, a success, like immediate success, I think he would have pretty decent immediate success there. The problem, though, is he'd run into Mahomes twice a year, uh, and that's not going to benefit anybody. I would say the most realistic landing spot for Eric Banning, where I do, where I've always seen him go since 2018, when I called it, I think that it's going to be the Jets. I think that it needed, Houston's not giving it any opportunity. Jacksonville's trying to hit for the big, big, big names. I think LA is going to go with a younger, more quarterback-driven style co- head coach, like trying to find the next Sean McVay or Sha- Zach Taylor. That's where I think they're going to go. So I think ultimately it will be the New York Jets.
0: Uh, yeah, I mean, selfishly, I would like him to stick around, Casey, but I wanted to go get the bag and become a, and, you know. Test out his his chops and becoming a lead guy, head coach somewhere. Um, I think Atlanta is definitely an option. Uh, I don't think Atlanta would be a bad spot for him. Um, you know that when Matt Ryan's on his way out, they can find another get drafted into the quarterback the following year, probably after next year, because Matt, Matt Ryan's next next year is probably his last year, more than likely, uh, at least in Atlanta. Um, yeah, the Jets definitely makes a lot of sense. It's kind of a clean, you know, a blank canvas for him to kind of go make what he, of it what he wants. Uh, if they could possibly get a Deshaun Watson or something like that, or even working with Sam Donald, who knows? I mean, I could see him doing some things with Sam. Um, I still believe in Sam. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, even the Texans is still an option. He could still go to, to, you know, to the Texans with Deshaun there. Um, they have a, a decent core of receivers over there that he can work with. That defense is absolutely trash. Um, but I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't. It's hard to guess because there's so many open and, and vacant spots right now for coaches that he can land anywhere. And I, I fully believe he's going to get a head coach gig somewhere. The Jets probably yeah. is the most probable um, because I just I just think that's a great spot for him. Um, but yeah, I I personally would love to see him back because I don't want to see him leave KC. But I think and then Detroit obviously is a spot too. I think it's definitely uh, a a good spot for him to land in. I think he can, it's Martin another, Solis another, another that job for sure. True. Yeah, yeah that's oh, yeah, true. That's true. Yeah. yeah. Never that's mind. It, he's that's, yeah. just, that's, that's just, a great just, blank canvas spot too with, you know, Stafford is who's still a very, a very good quarterback. You can do some things with it. Yeah. But when you got, you know, a young running back to over there, Swift, who can become something special in this league also. Uh, and you got, you still got Galladay. I'm not sure what they're going to do with him. I think his contract's up. Um,
1: Marvin Jones is gone.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's a, he's a, you know a, a so-so player but yeah I think those are the teams that we could probably see becoming most most uh, probable for him to land. Gotcha.
2: Alright moving on to the next question guys we're, we're, mo- we're moving on pretty pretty uh, no, smoothly today alright so we, we saw the list today I, I believe it was earlier today that it came out uh, we saw the all pro uh, list I don't know if you had time to, mm-hmm. to look at it so my question to you to you guys is do you guys agree with the y'all pro?
1: No, I mean I, I, from the top, I don't agree with it. I mean, we could, we could, we could break it all down as far as like did this guy get snubbed, this guy snubbed. But I had a problem with it from the very beginning. I felt like Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the league this season. I maybe not statistically, but when it comes to overall value, when it comes to what he meant to his team, I don't think there's anybody. I'm I'm always gonna say that as long as as long as Patrick Mahomes is who we know him to be, there is nobody in this league that deserves to be put above him at any caliber or any rating or any way you want to put it. Uh, he should have been first all pro. I don't get hung up on stuff like this as much as I used to when it comes to these awards, because of the fact that at the end of the day, it's not going to matter to a man who has half a billion dollars. Uh, I think it's not going to be something that he's hung up on either. I think these are just more for conversation pieces, but to be honest with you, yeah, I thought, I felt that was a little disrespectful, uh, I know Aaron Rodgers had a great season, so it's not like he's you know not deserving of it, but that's just my personal opinion on the matter when it comes to those two. Uh, I love the fact that Travis Kelsey, there was no second all-team tight ends this year because Travis Kelsey got all the votes. Darren Waller, yeah. nobody of those guys got a single vote.
0: Granted, I think George Kittle would have probably been up there if he oh, played a yeah. Oh, if George
1: Kittle had a full season, yeah. there's no
0: question. He's incredible.
1: There would have been a second all-team because George Kittle is incredible. Right. But Travis Kelsey was so dominant at his position that there was not even another tight end that even got suggested. He got all the votes. So that was cool. That was fun. I really enjoyed that. I wish Chris Jones would have got more recognition. He ended up on the second All-Pro team. The reason why he wasn't first All-Pro this year is because Frank Clark didn't do enough this season to help him out. That's more on Frank Clark than Chris Jones because of the fact that Chris Jones was un- unbelievable this season. Maybe not in the stat category, pressures to be able to get through the way he did when they knew they were zoning in on him all season long in the middle of that off, that offensive line, to be able to get through that, knowing good and well he was the only consistent piece all season, I felt like he should have been a first All-Pro. But like I said, these are things that I don't really worry about too much. It's just one of those things that I understand why they're talked about. I just felt like those are the things that stood out just from a local standpoint.
0: Yeah, I mean, like you said, I don't look too deep into – all pros. Yeah, in and the game. NFL especially. It doesn't really matter. The NFL, man, it's all about Super Bowls. It's all about Super Bowls and, and playoff victories and what you do in the big moments. Uh, you can have great years, great seasons, and it, it will be forgotten. Um, putting rings on things in the NFL is kind of what matters. Hardware is what matters in the NFL. NBA is a little bit different. It's more of a stars driven league. Uh, there's a lot more weight that goes into under your career when your career is over and said, not how many all NBA teams you made, how many first all NBA teams, first all NBA defense, those things. Those are more praised in the NBA um, and hold more weight, like I said. So in the NFL, there's – and there's so many great players in the NFL. So a lot of these guys are interchangeable, you know, with the Dalvin Cooks and the Alvin Kamaras and, you know, obviously Derek Henry being the king of all of the running backs. But, I mean, there's so many talented running backs in this league, so many talented – I mean, the top three quarterbacks with, you know, being Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, and, and Josh Allen makes sense. I think Deshaun Watson's better than Josh Allen, but he's on a shittier team. That's just how it works, right? So, um, yeah. So I mean, like I said, there's nothing. There's no real major snub. I feel snubs to me don't. I mean, Pro Bowl. Just I feel the same way about the way I do about the Pro Bowl. Pro Bowl snubs don't really mean much to me, man. That's the Pro Bowl at this point is kind of pointless. Um, It's just a cool little, you know. Notch on the belt for players to have a Pro Bowl in their in their career. There's been a lot of filling po- Pro Bowlers over the years that had no business being there. They were only there, and they have a Pro Bowler on their notch now because someone got hurt or someone was so good they weren't able because they were playing in the playoffs. You know, it's just I don't like I said I don't. These don't hold much weight for me. The guys that are on this list are more than deserving, and the guys that aren't on the list are more than deserving. That's how I feel about okay. it.
2: Okay. Gotcha. Now this question, I came up with this question because. Uh, obviously it took a a little bit of Twitter, you know, like uh, over Twitter for a little bit. Um, is Washington football team a great a great fit for Cam Newton? <laughs>
1: I don't know. if There's a great fit for Cam Newton at all because of the fact that he's already come out and said multiple times he's not willing to be a backup, and I think that's what he's realistic to be looking at in this league because of the fact that I mean the dude's crow hopping ten yard passes now. I mean, his his shoulder shot. His athleticism is still there to a certain degree. He's still very, very good at running the ball. I think he had nine rushing touchdowns He's a very big individual. Yeah. There's not going to be a starting position for him, at least on a team that is even worth mentioning. Uh, I don't think Ron Rivera wants to re- re- reunite with Cam Newton. I think they, they get along. They had some good history together. But that Cam Newton is not this Cam Newton. And I think Ron Rivera wants to move on from that. And that's who's currently coaching Washington. So, uh, no, I don't think they're the perfect fit because, again, the willingness is not there for him to come in there and be a a spot filler, if you will. He's not going to hold a clipboard for a team like that. I I don't think that Cam Newton's got a real spot in the NFL right now. That's just kind of where it's at right now because he just did not play good football. He was on a one-year, $1 million deal with the Patriots and had about 10 more interceptions and touchdowns this season. That's not good at all. I mean, I know he had very limited weapons. I get all that. But if you just look at him from an individual standpoint, he did not play good football when it comes to throwing the football. When it comes to running the football, he was unreal. He was in a, he, you can actually make the case that outside of Lamar and, and Josh Allen, Nobody ran the football better than him from a quarterback standpoint. God. So that's not what they're, that's not what teams are looking for. Especially, I don't know what in the living hell Adam Schefter was talking about this week when he said that that, that contract demands could be anywhere from forty to fifty million dollars for Cam Newton. He said twenty to
2: forty, I think. No,
1: like, forty to fifty. He said wonderful. forty to fifty million dollars. You can look this up. That's absurdity. Mm-hmm. Cam Newton is not getting that from anybody. He can go rob a bank and not get that yeah. kind of money. So that's not going to happen. I just I, I really fear that Cam Newton's career might be done.
0: Wow. Yeah, I mean, as somebody who was tooting the Cam Newton horn before the pre- before the season started, and we can go back and pull the tape, I was all I over did. his nuts. I did. Uh, I, I, thought gonna, I thought he was. I thought he was going to find success with the Patriots, even even with the the dwindled roster there. Um, I, I I I thought I was going to sniff something out and be on top ahead of something that I just did. it it was a blunder. It wasn't good. He hasn't looked good all year, outside of maybe a couple games, two three games. He's looked good. He's very athletic still, obviously. Um, after he leaves New England this offseason, I don't think he's going to find a starting job in the NFL. I think his career is over. He's yeah. he's looked pretty bad. If he doesn't want, I mean, I mean, I think his career is over if he if he, if he refuses to take a backup position. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I, I and I do I do believe him when he says yes. that he's a very within his own right a very yeah. arrogant guy, very prideful guy. He's been he's he's had a successful career, one of the best, if not the best, rushing quarterback of all time. Um, Lamar will be that by the end of their careers, barring health, but. I just, yeah, I mean, it, it, it hasn't, I know, I know he hasn't had the weapons this year. I know he hasn't had, well, on both sides, he hasn't had a good defense to really help him out either. Uh, the Patriots were bad this year. Um, I was way off on that. Um, I, had them, the I had them in the AFC Championship game, buddy. Um, so, yeah, I was really, really off on that one. Um, but I, I, I just love Cam Newton. I really have. I've always loved him his whole career. I loved him in college. I liked his flair, I liked who he is, I love his work ethic. Uh, but he's just he's just his body's just betrayed him he's not good anymore uh i don't think unless he like i said unless he takes a backup gig he's he's his career's over all right next question
2: is trevor lawrence the best qb to come out of the draft in the last decade let's ask that question one more time is trevor lawrence the best qb to come out of the draft in the last decade
1: i mean it's 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 hard to say at this point because we haven't seen him play at the NFL level. If we're talking talent,
2: though... So we're looking at talent-wise, even like when all the guys got drafted. So we're looking at just when they got drafted, not their NFL success.
1: I, I wouldn't say so. Uh, the reason why is because we now know what Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson are. Uh, we we know that these guys are top-flight quarterbacks in this league. They're two of the... Well, Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the league, and, and Deshaun's a top-five quarterback. Uh, they both are, in my opinion, more talented than Trevor Lawrence... Uh, Trevor Lawrence has been great at what we consider being a winning quarterback. He's he's lost two games in his entire college career. One of them was in the championship game against LSU, which was the greatest college team of all time. The second one was against OSU, who or Ohio State rather, that's going to give a real game to Alabama, and I think Alabama's going to win that game. But I still think that's I a they very well could. They very well could. Ohio State is is an incredible football team, and those are the only two games that Trevor Lawrence has ever lost. From a talent perspective, Trevor Lawrence is awesome, and he could very well have a really good get- career in the NFL. The point remains, though, is that I don't think he's been more talented than Patrick Mahomes was in college because people weren't paying attention to Patrick Mahomes because Patrick Mah- we all know how college football works. It's political. If you have a chance at, at, at winning a BCA, BCS title, people pay attention to you, and all of a sudden you're better than somebody else. Patrick Mahomes in college was unbelievable. It was the fact that he had a horrible team around him that people forgot that he was that great, and people actually said he would never be great in the NFL. Trevor Lawrence can't do anything that Patrick Mahomes can't. So I have a hard time sitting here telling people that I think Trevor Lawrence is the most talented quarterback to come out in a decade. The hype. If you want to talk about hype, there is maybe besides Andrew Luck and John Elway, there has never been a quarterback coming out of college with more hype than Trevor Lawrence. I I will definitely say that. Including Joe Burrow? Yes. Oh God, yes. Joe Burrow had hype, but it wasn't to the level of Trevor Lawrence because Trevor Lawrence again is doing things that Joe Burrow didn't do on a consistent basis. Joe Burrow kind of was all over the place in his early portions of his college career. That now has changed. Obviously, he's a starting quarterback in the league. I, I think he's gonna be well, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna I'm not gonna put Trevor Lawrence at the top of the most talented because Andrew Luck, I mean Andrew Luck had insane talent coming out and he came out in tw- was like twenty twelve. And that was less than a decade ago. So we're we're sitting here talking about Trevor Lawrence being the most talented. I I have a hard time uh, putting – I will say this, though. To add to the whole, you know, uh, the aspect of Trevor Lawrence being a a, a franchise changer. It comes back to what I said in the opening monologue about uh, opportunities and situations. Let's say Trevor Lawrence comes in the league and shows, oh, my God, we really – Despite the fact how hyped he was, he was even better than the hype was. What I fear for him is going to a, a franchise that is just more of the same, like the Jacksonville Jaguars. Mm-hmm. The Jacksonville Jaguars have had really good players throughout the years, mm-hmm. and they've wasted them. Mm-hmm. And I'm afraid for his talent to be wasted upon a franchise like that. I have I, That's my biggest fear with him. It's not about whether he is the most – Talented quarterback coming out of the last decade. It's can he display those talents on a team that's actually going to give
0: him the opportunity to do so. So what was the question again?
1: Um, is
2: Trevor Lawrence the best QB to come out of the draft in the last
0: decade? I mean, is he, is he the most hyped? He might be the most hyped since Andrew Luck. I don't think he's the best. I mean, I think we already know Patrick Mahomes is the best um, without question uh is he the best coming as far as like his production like, from college uh,
2: like
0: yeah just we're not
2: counting we're not as counting And as far as a winner
0: him and joe burrow probably the two best come out you know and it's funny they're back-to-back years i think i don't know I, I think joe burrow uh beat out andrew luck as far as wins um so i think yeah i think outside of joe burrow i mean or he might just be i don't really know i'm not the biggest college football head guy I I really only focus on what they do when they make the pros. That's all that really matters to me. I'm more of a pro football guy, but yeah. I mean, as far as wins and his numbers and everything he's put together, I mean he might have the best resume, yeah, maybe ever, heading into the league for sure. He might be one of the most NFL ready quarterbacks outside of I think Andrew Luck was. Because I think Andrew Luck's obviously Andrew Luck's debut in the NFL was incredible. Yeah. What he did his first year was incredible. He overachieved and he already had a super high bar. So, yeah, he's up there, man, definitely.
2: Okay. And then last question. Uh, last question for you guys. I
0: feel like I've asked this
2: question many times, but it's just as relevant as it was every time I've asked it. I'll, I want to hear your thoughts on the whole Kyrie Irving situation.
1: Man, look, I'm going to try to make this as as wrapped up as possible I because I, I don't want to give him as much time as, as some people are giving him. I will say this. I told you so, man. Like, it's it's already happening. We're, we're, we're in the early stages of this season, and he's already showing that he is going to be a detriment to the Nets. Supposedly, according to the stories, he just needed a, a mental break from playing basketball. You know, seeing he didn't have a big enough break, I guess, when his team didn't make the playoffs last season when he was hurt half the season already and didn't play until this December. Yeah, So he almost took an entire year off. But I guess he needed more time off during this season when he's only like 10 games in. And, and, and we're sitting here talking about a guy that literally said in his quote, I just didn't feel like it. Does he have the right to do that? Yes. But is that, his, but is that, is that a great look for him as, as far as optics when he's already up against it when it came to going to Boston, choosing to leave prime LeBron James when they went to four straight finals, going to Boston to be the man only to leave a year later, when that team went to Game 7 of the Eastern Conference Finals against LeBron James, without him even in the building, to now going to the Nets, playing a bigger detriment for the Nets now, and putting even more onus and pressure on KD coming back from an Achilles tear at 32 years old, to now playing this BS out there, throwing this BS out there, it, it to me, I, I have a hard time finding respect for Kyrie Irving in this. Even if it is true that he just needed a break, that's fine, man. Go take care of yourself. But he doesn't get the benefit of the doubt for me when it comes to work ethic. When it comes to the person that he is, I think he's a very self-centered individual that's always looking for a way to spit in the face of everyone else to make himself look shinier and better. Mm-hmm. And I don't have I don't have a problem admitting the fact that I just I have a disdain for Kyrie Irving as a person and as a player at this magnitude and this point of his career because he hasn't put together enough as an individual to get that type of. Uh, uh, benefit of the doubt, if you really want to put it down like that, to get that type of uh, of backing and my support to say maybe he's going through something. Maybe no man, he had almost an entire year off of basketball. He was trying to cause the bubble problems. He was trying to get that thing shut down. He's been trying to do a lot of shit on the outsides to make this to make things harder for his fellow man. And, I, and I, I'm just honestly sick of it. And I, I hate to say this, guys. And I I know a lot of people are hyped up on the Nets. You guys are both been pretty hyped up on the Nets. I'm not. I don't think this team's going anywhere, and in large part is because of the person that Kyrie Irving is, and a player that chooses to check out whenever he feels like it. So I don't know what your thoughts are on this, Eddie. I would love to get your thoughts on on Kyrie as a person. Maybe you have a little bit differently because I just I find I find it difficult to defend him.
2: It, 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 just like you said, it's very hard to defend the, a, a guy that just been like in the media is like like uh, I don't know if it's like it's something against the media or like. He's just a very odd person, if that makes any sense. Yeah. I seen uh, not that was it before the when the season started. He did the whole fucking smoke thing.
1: The sage, yeah.
2: Because he was a uh, his tribe or whatever ritual. He's whatever like he's like Mackenzie from Hobby Lobby, man. It's I just was like okay. So I think I think what Kyrie is, he's a attention seeker, and he when the attention is not on him, he does anything he can to get that attention back, and. Every single time it works, just like I said before. I asked this question. I was like, it feels like I asked this question so much, but it is relevant every single time. Yeah, I just think he he likes the attention, and way he doesn't have the attention, when the attention was on one of his teammates, Kevin Durant being back, you know, I think it's it's like when he like does all this crazy random shit, so. Uh, my question, Trevor, was uh, your thoughts on the whole Kyrie Irving situation? I don't, I point. don't really.
0: Honestly, I don't really know enough about it to really, to really having a real opinion on it. Um, I'm not looking too far into it, to be honest. I know the report was he said that he didn't want to. He just didn't feel like playing. I feel like Kyrie is kind of leaning into this 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 identity with himself now. He's being like because he's a very obviously very very self aware guy. Um, and he, with the whole sage burning thing, him being just over the top, you know, you know, just to like pretty much the, the Karen version of the, of the, NBA, as far as you can be. Um, I feel like he's, I feel like he's kind of, I don't know what the real deal is. I know. I think there's something that's really actually going on behind the scenes. And I think he's just saying that. I don't know if it's a family, like you said, a family emergency. I don't know what the deal is. Um, I, I still think this team is a very scary team. I know they're starting yeah. off slow. Oh, yeah. Um, I still love the nets coming out of the East this year. Um, I know Kyrie is a headache, but like I said, I think he's just leaning into it, if I'm being honest. That's
2: just who he is. Yeah. So that is it for me, guys. Good Eddie hour,
1: man. I really appreciate that, Eddie. Your your hard, diligent work. I mean, Kyrie should take some notes from you, bro. Should really take some notes from you. (laughs) We're going to take a quick break, guys, because we have to get to our wild card predictions, man. It is just, what, less than a little over 12 hours away, man, until kickoff of the first game, Colts and Mills. I cannot wait to unpack this, man. I cannot wait to hear your – because I, 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 Eddie keeps smiling at I me mean, we keep talking predictions. I think he's got some hot ones. And I already told you guys, I prefaced it and start the show, I have not one but two upsets this week, man. Let's get this thing going. I'm excited. We'll get back to that after this.
2: Midcoast Modern is a Kent City focus on modern, handmade, and small brands. A resource for design-centric home goods, apparel, jewelry, artwork, and limited edition gifts. We support makers, artists from the Midcoast, and bring in goods from makers, artists around the U.S. to offer a unique selection.
1: Whoa! Back at it again on the Spoken Podcast for segment number four. I am your host Lance Quidwell, here inside the Spoken Studios with my guys Trevor Twidwell, oh, it's good. Eddie Ortiz, yo yo yo. Before we get to our wild card predictions, which I cannot wait for, I wanted to play this little uh, you know throwback for us from episode eighty on our prediction show. Trevor mentioned just a second ago.
0: God damn it! Three. The Bills are the number three seed there. Um, so I got the Ravens beating the Browns. I got the Steelers beating the Texans. And I have the Patriots beating the Bills. Oof. Getting revenge from losing the division. Because Oof. I'm putting my money on Bilichek in the Oof. playoffs. Fuck. <laughs> I don't think I have the Patriots in the, takes, baby. the playoffs. Yeah, I have the Patriots in the playoffs. Oh yeah. Fuck. Yep. Because you believe in our division I do. You believe in you. You have the you have the Chargers and the Broncos. Yeah, I know I don't know.
1: Yeah, Eddie. Yeah. Yeah, fuck you.
0: <laughs> I <don't know> <laughs> Patriots, the, okay. Because oh. of the flash, the you're taking the Patriots over the Bills, right? right? It's hot. Absolutely. Patriots on the damn playoffs. Yeah, you are oh like, Texans no. going six. Yeah, yeah. like, all right. Yeah,
1: you're talking. You know what, Trevor? You're right. It was ridiculous that I had the Texans going six to ten because they went four and twelve. I want to give a shout out to Trevor. I, I believe you, You did some Knox. Out. Trevor had the hot take of the hot take, but I will say. Hey, go in fuck that, yourself. In that little snippet Eddie did have had the Broncos and Chargers in the playoffs, guys. I think they combined for uh, 10 wins. That was close. That was close. <laughs> your your predictions were a oh, shit.
0: No. <laughs> I'll hold that one, yeah. It's
1: all right. It's all right. Because as we recall, I, I believe I had the Lions at nine and seven. <laughs> so, <laughs> so here we go. But I'll just forget that one, guys. You know, because hot. If you watch the video, I'm fanning Trevor off after he said that shit. That was yeah. that was funny shit, man. That's one of my favorite episodes we've ever done. Because Bruh. we didn't get the predictions now, guys. We got All new right, predictions. Let's, do this. let's fucking get to this, man. All right. So we have six playoff games coming up this weekend. I am so stoked. We got triple headers on Saturday and Sunday, the way football should be. Our first game of the weekend is is Bills at Colts. I'm going to start these off. I'm I'm not letting Eddie go first on these ones, but I'm taking charge on these, all right? So the Bills are by far the hottest team in the NFL right now, scoring at least 34 points in four of their last five games. Ironically, the one time they didn't score 30-plus during that span was against a playoff team and a defense in the Steelers. They scored 26. Now, the Colts may not have a stout stout of a defense as Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh finished third in the league in scoring defense. But the Colts finished 10th. No matter what takes place, in my opinion, guys, this is going to be Phillip Rivers' last season. I know there's still speculation out there because he's played decent. And although playoff success and Phillip haven't exactly had a long-lasting relationship throughout the years, I do believe that we are going to see a sharp Rivers in this game. And with the emergence of Jonathan Taylor... In the run game over the last few weeks, I fully expect the Colts to make this game a true battle. I'm talking about a real test of the Bills' will. But as you guys have heard me preach since our 2020 NFL prediction show that I just got to play a little snippet of, which I loved, back in episode 80, I believe this Bills team is destined for the AFC championship, and I'm sticking with it because I believe Josh Allen is Stephon Diggs have been clicking in an elite level, and I think they will do just enough to pull this game out and an absolute nail biter. I have the Bills beating the Colts 26 to 24. Eddie, go.
2: All right. Talk about, you know,
1: the Bills and your Bills and your Bills this <laughs> and your Bills that Bill
0: Clinton. <laughs> I did not. not Romanowski.
1: <laughs> I did not pick the Colts to
2: beat the Bills. <laughs> uh Listen, man. I, I I think if you get if you get the right amount of pressure on uh, Josh Allen, he, he becomes just an average quarterback. He becomes another one
1: of the, of the bunch. Oh, right. Any with the hot takes already. Get the man, pressure on Josh Allen he becomes an average quarterback. Yeah, he is. That's interesting. It's happened. He has a the
2: a couple
0: times already this year. Yeah,
2: he has he has the arm. I'm not debating the arm. I'm not debating the accuracy. But if you put the pressure on Josh Allen. If you if you get that, that first read away from him, he struggles to, to to get his second and third read. He he we've seen him struggle. We've seen it against the Chiefs. He just couldn't get it done. You like I said, you put the pressure on him. It's not the same Josh Allen you see demolishing this this defenses. Uh, yeah, the, the, the very last week we did see them uh to completely destroy the dolphins defense. Uh we did see that. I don't know what it's just one of those games, kind of like that Cheese Raiders game. It was just one of those games for some reason, because I had the, the the Dolphins actually
0: winning that game because I felt like the Dolphins had their, just the, the best. I had the Bills winning because they yeah. match up well with the Dolphins. I, so. did, I said I didn't know if they were going to be wrestling players. I was yeah. yeah.
2: So, um, I am picking the Colts in this game.
0: I I do believe the, I do
2: I do believe the Colts defense can get that pressure on Josh Allen and make him do those mistakes. We saw it happen last year against the Texans. They took an early lead, but once they got to, to Josh Allen, Josh Allen did not know what to do with that ball. It's, yes, I get it. It's a whole other season. It's a whole other year of experience. But I yeah. this season I saw the same Josh Allen when he got pressured. I saw the same Josh Allen from last year when he got pressured. Same exact thing. He didn't know what to do with the ball. So I do believe the Colts have the defense to to put that pressure on Jackson. People are going to say, oh, well, they play earlier in the season and the the, the Bills won. This is a different season. Playoffs is a completely different season. And and I do believe, like, the veteran presence of Phillip Rivers in that Colts team, it's going to be tremendous. And, And I think the Bills are still too young. To to have that, yes, they, they had playoff experience last year, but I, I still think they're too young, too too raw. So I'm gonna I'm gonna pick the Colts winning this game, twenty seven to twenty one.
0: Yeah, speaking of Bill Clinton, there's gonna be sexual relations in this game, <laughs> um, and the Colts are gonna be the top. Um, I think the Bills are gonna be on the receiving end of this uh, sexual relations.
1: Oh my
0: god! And I'm picking the Colts as well. Um, this is this is Philip Rivers' uh, last hurrah. I love the, I love this Colts defense. I love the, 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 the running game of the Colts, with the three-headed monster they have back there with the receiving backs and the absolute bruiser that is Jonathan Taylor and who's been absolutely bawling out of his mind these last three weeks of the NFL season. Um, this Colts team had no business barely making the playoffs. Um, it should have been a 12-13 to 13 win game. They had a couple blunders. Um, this is a very good team. Not only a very good roster on both sides of the field, Loaded with veterans on both sides of the field, with T. Y. Hilton, Phillip Rivers offensively, Justin Houston on the defense. He's been here, he's done that. He's won some playoff games. Um I just I don't know what it is. I have a vibe about this game that that we've seen with Josh Allen. He's got just a vibe. Similar, similar to the way you feel about Lamar Jackson, how he's crumbled in big moments. I know Josh Allen wasn't absolutely terrible last year in the playoff postseason, but he wasn't good. He wasn't good. Um and he's he was playing a worst team at the time. This, this this Colts team is better than that than that Texans team. That Texans team won that game off the, literally off the skill in the back of Deshaun Watson. Yeah. But when he scrambled and got away and made that play downfield, that was all him, and that was the game. We all knew it. Uh, Josh Allen did not put his team in, in a position to win that game. He just didn't. Uh, he failed towards the end when he had opportunity after opportunity, put away that so-so Houston's defense. Um I know he didn't have Stefan Diggs, an elite receiver, but I do think this, Colt defense, this Colts defense is a team that can scheme him sort of out of – you're not going to completely scheme him out of the game. But.
1: And he has an oblique injury, just right. throw out and he's
0: been and he, But, I mean, he's been healthy all year. I think he's fine. I don't think that's that, – that. I wouldn't read too much into that, to be honest. Uh, he's had uh, some time to rest up with this week here. I just – I don't know what it is, man. I think I love Coach Frank Reich. I love Coach McDermott as well. I just trust. I trust what they've been doing over there in, in Indianapolis. I know they've not been an exciting team, but they're they're quietly a team who's put up a lot of points yeah. this year. They've 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 well, duelled with the, the the offensive the Tennessee Titans. They've had some really big outburst offense. I will say
1: this: there is one team in this matchup that is top ten in offense and defense, and it's not the Bills for sure. It is the Colts. I will give you and that. I don't and That's care. why I believe this is a nail biter and. The pressure is 100% on the Bills. They've been sure. hyped up oh, for, sure. for the last month mm-hmm. by everybody. The biggest pundits out there, Colin Coward and all of them. They're especially, all crazy, And
0: especially yeah, the dynamic of the Bills just storming their way towards the end of the year and storming right. the gates of the postseason. They put a lot and on the film. Colts And the Colts stumbling and hoping certain teams will lose just so they can make it. And, and it worked into their favor, and they're here. I just think the Colts, the Colts, and they've been a good road team this year too. They performed well on the road. I just think this is a, a upset spot just waiting to happen Dang. for Josh Allen. I just think I Two I really I one hundred I percent agree with Eddie. Almost. I know who
1: my L's are next week. I know that for sure. <laughs> Let's move along though, guys. We got to get to these games. Uh, we have the Seahawks and Rams afterward. Now I think this is going to be the most boring, bland game of this entire uh, postseason. To be honest with you guys, yeah. I think this is going to be pretty brutal. Uh, but I, I'm, guys, we all three picked the Seahawks to get to the Super Bowl, so we have to. I mean, I feel like we have a responsibility here to kind of pencil them in. But I don't want to speak for you guys. I think this game is going to come down to very basic things. Can Russell Wilson make a couple big plays to basically counteract this incredible defense from the Rams side? No. And can the Rams get anything out of the quarterback position? If the Rams can get anything out of Jared, Jared Goff, Goff he, who might give it a go this he week. He might play. He might. If they don't have Jared Goff, I, I don't think they have a shot in hell of winning this game, even yeah. though Jared Goff's been
0: Wolford pretty bad Williams, this season, yeah.
1: if we're being honest. But they need Jared Goff. They really do. Yeah. Uh to get the ball to Cooper Cup and Robert Woods. They didn't get any fluidity on offense. They have a legit shot of winning this game. Jamal Adams is banged up on the defensive side for the Seahawks. He's going to give it a go, but Good he's play. not going to be hundred percent. This is going to be an ugly game. They just played week 17. The Seahawks beat them. They have a repeat performance, an opportunity to make things right for the Rams. Their defense is going to be tough on the Seahawks. I think this is going to be a very low-scoring game. But because of the fact that Russell Wilson is going to be the better player, a uh, better quarterback on the field, Pete Carroll is going to be the better head coach on the field. I think that this is going to be a very close victory. The Seahawks, both 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 teams are going to score uh, uh, l- lower than twenty points. I think this Teens, is going to be yeah. yes. I think this is going to be a sixteen to fourteen kind of game. And that's where I have it. The Seahawks are going to win this game by two points. Eddie, who do you got?
2: Listen, man, I'll make this quick and simple. The Rams lost this game when they lost to the Jets. That's all I got (laughs) to (laughs) say. That's all I got to say. Fair enough, fair enough. So you got the Seahawks. I got the Seahawks. Seahawks. Uh, See, I I, I do think it it could be a long-scoring game, but I do think they're going to be in the 20s. uh, Really? For one team. I do think
1: the Seahawks are gonna be in the twenties. The Rams played the Seahawks so well defensively this year. They played so well. But you might be right. Who knows? This, the, the, we've seen crazy things. The Rams
0: might be the worst team in the postseason this year. I think they might be. I think they're, they're 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 between them and Washington as far as I I think Washington might be edging them right now with defensively. I think they've been playing really good football. Um but yeah, I don't see the I don't see an outcome where the Rams come out on top. I know these games are usually tight, uh, especially during the regular season. These games, these divisional games, are always good. They're always tight, not good, but they're definitely tight. Um, I just think with the experience of, like you said, Coach uh, Pete Carroll, and with the experience in the playoff caliber quarterback that is Russell Wilson, who's been there and done it, I just think I think Russell Wilson is uh, going to edge out the 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 Rams here. I just I I don't know. I just don't. I think I think. The weapons, I think we'll see more of the receiving. Cause I know it's been a while since Russell Wilson's really lit it up. Um, I think this is a game where you can see Russell Wilson kind of do his thing and just put this game Russ out. Russ Mike Cook, huh? I, I, I think he should. I think I think we'll see a pretty good performance from DK Metcalf. I just think he's, he's a mismatch. Um, I I know he did, he didn't fare, well, fare pretty well against uh, um, the, the defense of the Rams last time, but I just definitely think this is a game where Coach Carroll can go out there and say, you know what, Russ, just do your thing. We trust you. I think they will try to lean on the run, uh, but that's a stout run defense up there in LA, Um, even though this is in Seattle. I just, case of point, I just think the Seahawks are the better team. I think they're winning the game. All right. And then we have the nightcap.
1: The Washington football team hosts the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This is the game I think everybody's really paying attention to. This is the one because, you know, you look at it, you 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 almost assume certainty that, oh, Tom Brady's going to obviously advance in the playoffs. The Buccaneers have faced four of the top 10 defenses in total points allowed this season. In those four matchups, the Bucs went one and three, while Tom Brady put up 62 completion percentage, 236 yards per game, six touchdowns, seven interceptions, with a 72 quarterback rating. That's bad. Or, like Eddie would like to say, that's a shit. A oh,
2: shit.
1: A shit. The Washington football team finished fourth in points allowed this season, which would be one of the toughest defenses anybody would face, especially the Buccaneers. This is the first time in Tom Brady's career that he's playing as a wild card with a wild card team, as a wild card member of a team. Tom Brady has nine touchdowns and ten interceptions on the road this season, or in his playoff career on the road, and his teams are four and four of those games. Alex Smith helped the chiefs a few weeks ago by assisting the washington football team taking down the then undefeated steelers to expose those frauds and open the door for the chiefs to get that coveted one seed i think alex smith helps me out in my prediction this week cuz i he, think if he starts this one yeah and, and that there is there is a chance he doesn't play at all, but I, I think he's going to give it a go. I just I, I have faith that Alex Smith's going to fight me. Mean, the shit he's gone through already, I think it's going to be hard for him not to get out there at all. Uh, but if he does go, let's say Alex Smith does play in this game, I think this one goes into overtime. The Bucks win the toss, but Tom Brady fails to score. And then on the next drive, when Washington gets the ball, Gibson has a big play on this next drive, getting Washington into field goal range. And the Washington football team sends Brady and the Bucs packing. I have an overtime victory for the Washington football team over the Buccaneers, 19-16. to 16. Eddie, go.
2: <laughs> Listen, man. Yeah. Uh, just like you said, uh, Tom Brady against tough defenses, he is not the Tom Brady that everybody thinks he is. He always seems to struggle against really good defenses because – like, I mean, now of his age and everything, we we know what Tom Brady's capable of, and you know, oh, he beats about on we,
1: great on bad defense,
2: sure, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, that's that. So, listen, man, I'm gonna agree with you. I do think if Alex Smith plays, I do think that Washington football team will upset the Bucks. I think Chase Young. We'll have at least three to four sacks this Holy game. Holy shit! I think he is gonna make Tom Brady his bitch. Oh, that's three or four sacks. Okay. He's gonna get. He's gonna get to. Alec, he's gonna get to uh, Tom Brady. Tom Brady's not mobile. Tom Brady's not mobile. Brady's not mobile. And oh, we know he, that, yeah. And if you get Chase Young, you know how he how beast he is. Yeah. He can get through there, and yeah, he he even said it on Twitter. Or I can't remember where he said it. That you know he can't wait for Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. So my prediction, I think I think uh, Washington football team will win by a field goal in this game. I do not have a, a, a like a score prediction, but I do do know it's going to be by a field goal.
0: I think it's embarrassing that Washington's even in the playoffs this year. Uh, they benefit off of having an all-time terrible division in football. Uh, they shouldn't even be in the playoffs in my mind. Uh, they're not talented really offensively. They have a couple weapons in McLaurin. The quarterback play has been pretty bad all year, including Alex Smith. He's been okay. They've won games where he's played okay. Uh, Alex Smith, is even if he plays, he's not going to play good enough quarterback, I don't think, to beat this team. Uh, We're not even bringing up the – I know the defense in Tampa Bay is not great, but that defensive front is one of the best. And it's, without a doubt, the best rush defense in the league. Um, So that you take away the rushing offense and don't even allow the Washington offense to get a running – Quite a, not even get the running game going so you can set up the play action for Alex Smith or whoever quarterback is in there. Um, that That's going to just take the wind out of that offense. Um, if you if you got to depend on, you got to turn Alex Smith one-dimensional and have him beat you with his arm, they're not going to win this game. And that's the best rush defense. They're going to slow. There's no superstars in that backfield. Uh, I like Antonio Gibson a lot, but he's a converted wide receiver. He's not a super stud running back and he's not just, just going to get his numbers against that defense. This is not going to happen. Um, I think Tom Brady's going to do what he's got to do. I think they can score 21 points and win this game easily. Um, I don't expect I, – I think Tom Brady's going to get the ball out quick. Even if even if Mike Evans doesn't play, I still think the Buccaneers are going to win this game. Um, he's still got Antonio Brown. He's still got Godwin. He's still got uh, the uh, – um, what's that? The other white guy's name, the slot receiver. That'd be
2: a serious threat. They had a quarterback that throws, you
0: know. S- still got Gronk. I'm just saying, I just don't think it's going to take – a, a I think the the Bucs can go out there and play a B-plus game and win this game. I don't think it's going to – I and I love the defense of Washington, but they are only in the playoffs because their division was horrible. But here's the thing. The Eagles should have won. The Eagles should have been the better team this year, but they had absolutely got dismantled with injuries, and, and they had Carson Wentz just absolutely shit all over himself this year. And the Cowboys – Completely underachieved with the absolute stud roster, and they lost a, a franchise quarterback. Last, if last that, season, those things wouldn't have happened. Washington wouldn't even be sniffing the place playoffs this year.
1: Last season, the 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 Patriots and Titans played in the playoffs in the wild card rounds, and we had the Titans score one offensive touchdown in that game. Are we going to compare that Titans
0: team to this Washington? No, no. Team? I'm
1: saying that okay. The point though, I'm trying to make though, is is that yes, the Washington football team is going to struggle to score offensive points. Mm, yeah. What about defensive points? That's yeah. the point I'm trying to make. We're is really
0: going to bank on pick sixes now. No, no, so?
1: I'm not. Not making. I'm banking. I'm not banking. I'm equating it. Okay. I'm equating it. I think this Washington football defense is so great.
0: Defensive front. Their their corners are okay.
1: No, but I'm saying when you can rush four and get to the quarterback, you can drop. Yeah, coverage. but you
0: understand Tampa Bay does that, right? I, absolutely. Tampa, Bay, Tampa Bay's defensive yes, front absolutely. is actually absolutely. actually just as good, and they're better against the run. So you stop the run for an Alex Smith-led yeah. offense. I'm not. I'm not You even make tra- him one-dimensional. Yeah, he's not going to win. Gonna tear
2: this defense up. He's not going to win. This is
0: Alex Smith does not have the weapons and. Washington that he had. In Kansas City, he can become one dimensional and still beat you because he had the absolute stud wide receiver and stud tight end in Kansas City. He can do that. And he had weapons and he had good running backs in Kansas City. JD McKissick and 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 uh uh what's the other running back's name? I uh, just just was mentioning him. Gibson. Gibson. Those guys are not the weapons that he had in Kansas City. McLaurin's not the weapon he had in Kansas City. McLaurin's really, really good. But he's not a guy that's gonna go out there and just dismantle this Bucks defense. Corners are, I mean, I know their corners aren't that great, but I just I think I think coaching wise as well. I think I think I just think this offense is gonna go out there and, and Tom Brady is gonna do what he does. He's gonna get the ball out quick. they I don't think they're gonna get to him very good. They might get a sack or two, maybe. They're gonna have some pressures here and there. I just think Tom Brady knows what he's doing. I'm putting my money on Tom Brady to win this postseason game. I just am you're
2: putting too
1: much
0: trust on Tom And you're talking about Alex Smith. Going out there I, and putting I, your chips on Alex Smith and he plays? More than, than oh, okay. We've next, seen next weird next things game. in
1: 2020. <laughs> next, next game. So the next game we have maybe the most – I think that by far the most exciting matchup of the wild card round is the Ravens uh, and Titans. The Ravens are hosting the Titans this time around as opposed to last season when they oh, – or I'm sorry, it's in Tennessee this time as opposed to being in Baltimore last yep. season. Uh, this was the game I predicted before the season. I said that this – I love the this matchup so much. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I know everyone is focused on Lamar Jackson and Derek John Henry and Ryan Tannehill and the rest of the offensive pieces in this yep. game, and I get why because I fully expect this to be the highest scoring game of the Wild Card Weekend. Yep. However, this is one. This one for me is going to come down to situational defense. The Ravens defense allowed the second fewest points this season, while the Titans allowed the ninth most. But when the Ravens faced the Chiefs, they allowed 34 points. When they faced Pittsburgh the first time, they allowed 28. And when they faced the Titans in Week 11, they not only took the L, but gave up 30 points for only the second time at that point of the season, in which they only gave up 30 points one more time for the rest of the season. And look, no one believes in Derrick John Henry more than me. I sing his praises all of last season. I haven't stopped since, and you see why. But the Ravens have retooled with Patrick Queen, Calais Campbell, Campbell, and Yannick Ngakwe. The Ravens are banged up with Jimmy Smith and Calais Campbell, Marlon Humphrey, Willie Sneed, and DJ Fluker missing some practice time this week. But I fully anticipate that all will play well and play a role in getting Lamar Jackson finally in a playoff win column. That's right, guys. I am actually picking the Ravens to score a ton of points on this terrible Titans defense and advance to the divisional round. I have Lamar Jackson and the Ravens winning this game by a field goal, 34-31. to 31. Eddie, go. You son of a bitch.
2: Uh, <laughs> you took my exact score. Uh, that's what I had. You got 30, I swear to God, 34-31. But the winners are different. It's, it's the only difference. Oh. I do think that uh, Lamar Jackson is probably going to ball. He's going to have his, his way. Like like you agree it's gonna be a high scoring game. I, I think I, I see both defenses being like, you know, uh good this season. The average, I guess you can put it. Uh the Ravens, I, I believe they just have like better well known names. Mm. But I still don't think they perform to what they are expected to every single season. I do believe that the Ravens struggle. They they almost missed the playoffs. If they they would have lost one more game, they could have potentially missed the playoffs. They, so they they barely came, they they barely got in. Titans too, yep. And the, the but see the Titans
1: were eleven and five. Sure. Well, I think the Titans so the Ravens were too. But the right. problem is saying, that the they Ravens both, ran into the COVID, scenarios into COVID problems. Right. That was in the Titans. Well I'm saying, okay, yes, I understand that, but I'm saying against the big divisional games. The Ravens remember they had to play Robert Griffin and it's in
0: Baltimore. Yeah, yeah, against the
1: Steelers on a primetime game and like a Wednesday, you know? It was a, so, they ran into uh, some serious hurdles. They could have went twelve and four, 13 and three this season, but I, I understand what you're going
2: Yeah, about. and I do think that they they both struggled defensive wise. That's why I think it's gonna be a, a high scoring game. I, I do think both defenses show up and random times and they disappear throughout the game. Uh I do see that. Uh, it was a great game that the Ravens had against the Browns. Uh, it was a back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Game of the year. Uh, yeah, yeah, I would say it game of the year. Uh, but I do think, like you'd like to call him, Derek John Henry, Hell yeah. Uh, I think he is going to be the reason why this Tennessee uh, Tennessee Titans team beats the Ravens. I don't think that mm. – we saw it last season. Last year we saw – did Derek Henry just – fucking obliterate yeah. this defense. And I and think the Ravens had the number two rushing defense last year. I think it's going s- yeah. to be the same thing this year. They're still one of the best
0: rushing defenses this I year, I don't
2: yeah. think they're going to have an answer for, yeah. for Derrick Henry. I don't see them stopping him. I do see – I can see him getting 200, 200 yards this game. I I, I can see him get 203 touchdowns again this year. Mm. So it, it's, it, it's going to come down to if Derrick Henry is having a good game and if uh, Ryan Tannehill is uh, clicking on offense. So – that that's that's gonna be my prediction yeah
0: this this game was one of the tougher ones to pick because this is a really good matchup um the x factor being which which was what helped me make my decision was just how bad the tennessee titans defense is it's just it's right. really bad everyone was putting up points on them this year it doesn't matter who they were playing everyone was putting up and it was a points chasing game almost every single week with the titans they were never like handling a game from start to finish they never had a game like that this year um Baker was absolutely just shredding them up, and Baker really doesn't do that much. I and mean, they, they usually depend on their on their running game and just kind of coast out games to control the clock. But Baker was absolutely just doing having his way with that defense. Um, I think the Ravens win this game by ten plus points. I don't. I don't think. I don't think the Titans ever have a lead. Uh, I just. I think. I think the Ravens defense being at home, I think they can kind of pin their their ears back and get after t- uh, and make Tannehill uncomfortable. Um, I I don't think Derrick Henry is gonna have as good as game. I think he can still have a hundred yard game, touchdown, and and they could still lose by double digits. Uh, mm. I think this is a game where where the Ravens get up early, um, and they force the Tennessee Titans to throw the ball, which they have a very good air attack if they really want to. We've seen them do that and put up points with the you know with AJ Brown and, and 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 Corey Davis and Johnny Smith. They have weapons to throw to too. Um I just I don't think this game is going to be as high a scoring as people are thinking. I think I, I know both you guys got them in the 30s. I think the Titans score maybe 24 points maybe. Um I think this I think this Ravens defense is going to perform really really well at home this week. Uh and I think I think the, the Lamar is going to have himself a pretty good game. I think they're going to control it. I think they could score 30, 31, maybe 34 points tops and I think I think they win by 10 points. Yeah.
1: All right, we got one more um more. We, all right, we have two more games this week. Um And with the the remaining two games, uh, we have the Saints and Bears in the middle game of Sunday. I was really trying to convince myself to give the Bears a shot in this game because, you know, the Bears have been playing good football, not against great teams. Mitchell's been playing very motivated football. You can tell this guy's really trying to keep his tenure in Chicago alive, which could very well still happen. There's a lot riding on this game for Chicago. Uh, Matt Nagy's future. I mean, he could really hang in the bouncer. I think he's going to get another year. But the confidence of the Bears uh, in both Matt Nagy and Mitchell Trubisky really weighs heavy in this game. And I do fully expect the Bears to come in this game knowing that no one's really anticipating they're going to get a real shot in this one. They're a 10-point 10, 10, uh, dog. I imagine if, if, if the Mercedes-Benz uh, stadium can be filled mm. like it normally would be, this would be a 14-15-point underdog for the Bears because they wouldn't have a shot in hell if they had 70,000 fans in that dome. But since it's going to be empty, I think this one's going to be tight, man, because you have two of the better defenses in the entire NFL uh, going into this one. The Saints probably have the best roster in the NFL. They're going to be able to mix this one up. They're going to be playing a lot of different wild coverages. They're going to be doing a lot of stunts, putting Mitchell Risky in a lot of uncomfortable places where they're going to force him to have to run, which although he's extremely mobile, you want to be able to control the pocket. You want to be able to throw the football against a team like the Saints. Because you look at Patrick Mahomes uh, in the game against the Saints, his best plays weren't when he was running. His best plays were in the pocket when he was throwing the ball and making plays downfield. That's how you beat the Saints. I, I, think, they're, I think they are would let Mitchell Trubisky go out there and get 70 rushing yards. I think they would. They'd be like, all right, yeah, that's fine. You're extend extended drive here and there. Are you going to get in the end zone? That's the question I have. I don't think the Bears are gonna be able to put enough points up to beat, even though Michael Thomas has been he's he's coming back, but he's been off for about two months, it seems. Yeah. Uh Alvin Kamara will play despite having the COVID scares over the last week or so. And Drew Brees is broke down, 41 years old. The Saints are just the better team. That's sometimes in matchups like this, you have to say who's the better team? And it's just the Saints.
0: And at home, they're great at home. Yeah,
1: I just don't think this is going to be a great game. I don't think this is going to be a fun one. I think this is going to be very close. A lot of defense that's going to be involved, a lot of stops, a lot of four, three and outs. But I do think the, the, the Saints eclipse enough points. I think they're going to get 23. I have them beating this Bears, 23-16. to 16. Eddie, how do you get it going? Uh, this
2: is an easy pick for me. I mean, who who did I have coach of the year, you know? <laughs> right? fair enough. Uh, I just think this defense just – Amazing. Uh, I think it could potentially be the best defense in the league up to this point. For sure. Uh, I just don't see that the Chicago offense coming into, into new Orleans and just dominating this defense. Then they don't have the quarterback to do it. And and they just don't have the team to do it with. I don't think they're going to come into new Orleans, you know, dominating this game or anything. I, I, like you said, it's hard for me to like give this this, this game to, to the Bears. It's just like so hard to give it to the Bears. Even if you want to kind of like, do I really want to pick the Bears? Like they they just don't have the team to compete against New Orleans. Like you said, in this kind of matchup, it just it comes down to like who's the better team. And on paper, it clearly is the New Orleans Saints. And, and I do believe the New Orleans Saints are gonna come out and and just dominate this game. I think Alvin Kamara is going to come back and he's going to show that he's 100% healthy and ready to go. I, I think COVID didn't do anything to him, but I think it's just that Drew Brees is going to have a good game. Not a great game. He's going to have a good game, but I do expect the saints to, to, to win at least by 10.
0: Hmm. This is actually a game where I, I think it'd go either way. Um, most games I'm pretty confident on my pick. I actually think the bears are a sneaky team here. I'm not picking them to win this game, but I do think it's going to be a field goal win. I think this is going to be a game that comes down to the wire. Um, I know that, this is, feels like one of those set up games where, like, the Saints are the big favorite. They're just getting they're getting other weapons back. I just feel like this is. I know it's a playoffs, but I mean, I I can definitely see Drew Brees really struggling against this Bears defense, I mean, we've dude. Seen the
2: past two seasons with the Saints.
0: Well, I mean, yeah, we saw him absolutely fall apart against the Vikings, dude. And the Vikings dad Vikings defense last year was pretty good. And the Vikings have their number, but yes. But this is this is this is this is Khalil Mack. This is you know this is a good defense all the way around. A good defense, and, and, and let's not sleep on how good this Bears offense has been playing. This Bears offense has been trending up at the right time. Mitchell has been using his athleticism, scrambling out of the pocket, making plays outside of the pocket. And let's not – I mean, we can talk about – I mean, Allen Robinson is a true number one receiver in this mm-hmm. league, and he's consistent as hell. Very, very good. Uh, 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 and he, him and him and Mitch have been showing their chemistry, and Dave Montgomery is a banger of a back. Yeah. He's a bruiser, man. They have a good, balanced offense. Um, I, I think this is a game, man, where it can definitely go out, and I would not be surprised if the Bears won. I, I don't think they're going to, but this is a game where I think Matt Nagy gets up, puts together a really good game plan because we've seen them do it here and there. And they've been competitive. I mean, they're I know Aaron Rodgers has the Bears number, and he usually always beats them and puts it on them. So I'm going to give him a pass on that one because Aaron Rodgers has always <laughs> destroyed the Bears. I mean, it doesn't matter what, how good that team is. He always finds a way to just put it on them. Um, but I could see this. I mean, because Drew Brees has not been that good, man. He's yeah. not. If this yeah. comes down to two quarterbacks having to outdo each other, True Breeze hasn't been much better than Mitch has, has been when Mitch oh, has started. Yeah. Mitch has been really good and putting up good numbers, and he's way more athletic, right? Mitch is get, sneaky, got really good legs. So if he gets outside the pocket and starts rushing on these guys, maybe rushes a touchdown, you know, makes his defense kind of you know have to like kind of backtrack yeah. and adjust, right? Um, so I, I can I can see them just letting Mitch just run wild. I mean, what do you got to lose? You guys, you know, people count. We're counting you out. Mitch has a ch- massive chip on his shoulder. You know, they got. He's got a lot to prove, a lot to. And this is his chance to really oh. make. You know, even if it's not, even if he's not in Chicago next year. Yeah. You know, if he he plays really well and beats the Saints. Oh,
1: I'm all for it because this this would this would just devastate. Right. The, the NC the, the NFC side. We've, of the seen, we've
0: seen but we've seen Drew Brees fail. <laughs> Time and time again in the postseason. And this is a really good defense to fail against. You're
1: talking about if the Bears were to win this game. Yeah. They would, you know, where they'd go, right? They would go to Green Bay. Green Bay. Yeah. That would, that would almost, you're you're pretty much ushering the Packers no, I mean, into the
0: yeah. NFC championship. I mean, how awesome would that be to see that that matchup again in the postseason? Well, one, one of the greatest, one oh, of the greatest. I know, but the Bears are terrible against yeah, the Packers. That's what I'm saying. But like just that rivalry of the history, no, that would yeah. be cool to see in the postseason. But I, I do think the Saints win. Yes, um, I think they're just out, outright the better team, like you said. They're a double-digit <laughs> favorite at home, but with the fans not being there, I like the theory. Huge. I like the theory. Think, that's kind of where I was, I was at. I was, I was, I, think, I almost, yeah.
1: I almost picked the Bears in this game just yeah. because, like Trevor this said, this is the
0: toughest one for me to pick. No
1: one isn't. No one is yeah. expecting. See, this is this is the trend I feel about this week.
0: It's it's a trap. So, game, there are teams, man. yeah, like yeah. the
1: Colts and the Browns and the and the football team and the Bears. No one's given these teams real chances. I mean, the Bucks came into this week as eight-and-a-half-point favorites on the road in Washington, yeah. even despite Tom Brady's inabilities to beat good defenses. <laughs> so there's a lot of unex- unexpected things I really see brewing. And speaking of that, we're going to go into the final game of this wild-card weekend because the Browns are facing some of the most serious odds In NFL playoff history, going into this this game. game.
0: I love this game, man.
1: Guess what team in the AFC has had more odds stacked against them over the last 18 years than the Browns? No one. (laughs) This team has had the most, this is this team, this 2020 Browns have been the most resilient team all season long. And yes, the Steelers have all the Super Bowls and playoff success and beat the living shit out of the Browns earlier this season. But this Browns team has something the Steelers don't an elite running game. If the Browns simply feed Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt all night mm. and force Ben Roethlisberger to try and play hero ball with limited drive ability or opportunities, the Browns will win this game. I think, despite all odds, the Browns are going to shock the world and pull this offset up by scoring the exact same amount on Pittsburgh as they did last week in advance to the divisional round to take on the Super Bowl champs, Chiefs. I have the Browns pulling off the unexpected. Everyone's writing them off because of COVID. Love it. Everyone was going to write them off anyway because of the Steelers just being supposedly this better team. I have said all along the Steelers are frauds. They are not winning a playoff game. I'm marking that down. The Browns are going to beat the Steelers in Pittsburgh 24-20. to Eddie, go. Ooh. This is, a, this is a tough game for me. I, we, we This
0: is my favorite game of the This, of the, I think this, this is my favorite game, of the, game of, the, yeah. of the of the weekend. the weekend. I think, yep.
2: I think they're going to go back and forth. I think they're going to be trading blows in this game. This game I really had a hard time picking picking like who's going to win. But in the end I I think like I agree with you. I think if the Browns feed Chubb and Kareem Hunt and, and uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers can't find an answer to stopping them, they're going to win this game. This Steelers team, since week one, we've known that they were a fraud. This is the the, the fraud team. This is the team that made the playoffs because of their schedule and some, some lucky wins here some and there. smoking mirrors, yeah. And, right. and then uh, I believe they faced the – was it the Ravens team with like uh, COVID
1: or whatever? And yeah, then their second and third exactly. three backups yeah. out there. And
2: then uh RG3 got hurt in like mm-hmm. what the second or third quarter, and yep. then they brought in the other shit. So they had they had lucky games throughout the season. And we've been talking about this, and we we've talked for weeks that this is just a fraud team. We knew that they were not gonna go undefeated. There was just no way. And Washington Washington football team exposed them mm. and, and they, they showed the league how to beat the Steelers. After Washington football team, they lost, what, three more? The Bills. They, they lost to the Bills. The Bills absolutely
1: owned They lost them. to the yeah. fucking B- Bengals B- by yeah. 10. Yeah. They lost to the Bengals.
2: So the Washington football team exposed them, and, and hopefully the Browns learned something from them.
1: And know? the Browns also have something else. They have the better quarterback in this matchup. Uh, yes. They have the better, better quarterback. Better quarterback. Um, they, yes. They really do. And it's not like and, – and although the Steelers have T.J. Watt – it's a wash when it comes yes. to pass rush. That's Miles a, Garrett is just up. as good. He's up yep. there. Yep, I, I do. I, I I've do. seen Trevor in yep. his head for the people that yeah. can't see what's going on in here. So I'm assuming I, I do. I do believe <laughs> that the Browns have the better the better team. I, I I think the Browns are more prepared for this
2: game. They they did beat the Steelers without their uh, starting quarterback or.
1: Uh, uh, Couple starting players, yeah. Mason real played, but it wasn't like Mason real played had a bad game in comparison to what Ben's been doing. Yeah, he he was making some plays, actually. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Some great Uh, throws. I
2: mean, we saw it last season. The Steelers were a good team last season. They weren't a bad team. The Steelers Steelers are always a good
0: team, but they were always in the NFC East last year. For some reason,
2: (laughs) this year it was it was hard to believe on the Steelers. Like it was so hard, like. We knew that they were just getting lucky with getting those wins and stuff like that. People, we people them. were buying their shit for a while, wow, man. Know, they were really
1: buying it. I yes. never did, but people were buying. it. And I think it's gonna, it's it's it's
0: just gonna blow all up. Are you picking?
2: Faces. I'm
0: picking. I'm picking the Browns oh, to win this game. Let's go. Are, are we? Are we gonna it. get a consensus? Dude, I, I said it. Listen, I, man. Holy shit! I said it last week, dude. The the Browns are my Cinderella team with this postseason. I'm not saying anything moving forward because I know we gotta take one game at a time. But I got something, man. If they win this game, I'm telling you, I have a really good feeling about this Browns team. I had them. I, I have them winning this game. Outright. I can't imagine
1: the feeling's gonna be great because if they win this game, they go to Kansas City.
0: No, no, no. Yeah, I know. No, no. Oh no, that's actually no, not true. Not true. Because according to you guys, you got the Colts winning, so that's, the Colts would come to Kansas City. Okay. Mm-hmm, that's Cinderella. That's this is what this is what Cinderella, I'm saying. Cinderella. It's, it, it's, Cinderella. Yeah. If everything goes to my plan, I, I have a really cool. Little, oh, uh, great! Yeah. I think this is. But yeah, I said it last week, man. I, I really like the Browns coming. They're they're a good team. That's. Built for the postseason. Really good O-line. Probably the best back, backfield in the NFL. Without question. So, I mean, it, and Baker's been playing. Ever, ever since Baker got out of those bad weather games, Baker's been putting up good numbers. I know it sucks that Stefanski can't be there. And that's That that could very well be a deciding factor if the Steelers do end up winning this game. But I just love the talent on both sides of the field for the for the Browns. Like, I think they are the better team. I think they had a really rough start to the year because of some bad weather games. And the Steelers are completely overachieved with their schedule. Uh, and their defense obviously has taken some massive blows. If, since Bud Dupree's been out, they they've been a different defense. They haven't had that depth. They haven't had guys that they, they can rely on to make plays outside of T.J. Watt. So I just I think I, I think these offensive weapons and this run game are just going to bully, similar to how the the Bills bullied uh the Steelers. I think the Browns are going to go in here and bully the Steelers in Pittsburgh. I think they're going to win by. At least they, a touchdown.
1: Gonna have a
0: I love the Browns going into the postseason. They're my outside them. of the Chiefs. They're my favorite team going into the postseason. It's
1: amazing, guys. Like I, I've been listening to sports radio, watching sports yeah. television for the, this entire week. No, literally either. everyone is just all oh, Browns yeah. are going to lose this game. There's no. I don't. We don't feel that way here. Yeah. I mean, maybe we'll be wrong yeah. because having not having Stefanski on the sidelines is going to yeah. suck. But the, his uh, his assistant coach, I, I feel bad. I don't remember his name. It's Fierre or however you say his name. When Mike Zimmer went down with his eye surgery a couple of years ago
0: with Vi- with the Vikings,
1: that same head co- that same assistant coach called their game. They won that game. They scored over 30 and points sometimes in that, game.
0: that can work into the favor because I'm telling you, what's been on tape has been, has been exactly. Stefanski's, Stefanski's work. And now you have a guy that's maybe going to call a different, in a different scenario call, a different play, that, play that might yes. work better. You never know. I mean, I know Stefanski's been great all year, but – you but never know, man. Time, that can give you an edge.
1: At the same time, though, I don't feel like there needs to be much mystery with the Browns' offense. Yeah, I think they can straight up just boost this. run the damn. You have two top ten running backs. Like I said, I think the
0: Browns are the better. Just team. run the ball, and yeah. then
1: you can utilize the play action with yeah, Baker. And Baker's yeah. so good on yeah. play action, the rollouts, and the. I'm telling you, man. I think the there's Browns been some are really good trick plays. One. The
0: Browns have had some incredible trick plays this year, too. Yeah, I can definitely see that happening. So,
1: man. so you guys have the Colts beating yep. the Bills. I have the Bills beating the Colts. Uh, Eddie and I, or all three of us, have the Seahawks. If I'm not mistaken, yeah. we're holding on to our our Super Bowl predictions here. Eddie and I have the football team squeaking out an, a crazy ass upset. Trevor's bringing the reality in the situation. I totally get it, <laughs> but I'm telling you, Tom Brady's going to show his tails of the crypt. I hope so. Ask.
0: I hope that happens. I really
1: hope that happens. I'm telling you, man, he's going to take his helmet off. You're going to see tails of the crypt. <laughs> I want that to happen <laughs> so bad. I just don't see it. Yeah. And then you're going to see. Uh, I think all, no. Eddie picked the Titans. Trevor and I picked the Ravens. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we have the uh, yes. Then we have the Saints and, and Bears. We all three picked the Saints, if I'm I not mistaken. The and then we all three took the fucking Browns. Let's go! I man. love
0: it, man. I can't this wait. This is
1: fun, man. This is this is a lot of fun, guys. The Steelers on the front, man. I'm gonna hold tight to that. I'm gonna hold tight to that. You guys have heard a lot of us tonight. I want to hear your questions, so we need to hurry it all up and get to the Monday mailbag. We'll get back to that after this. Mail time, mail Mailtime. The mail's here. It is time for the Monday mailbag, what we do each and every week, is we give you guys, the listening audience, an opportunity to basically take over the show for an entire segment. It is your platform, your time. You guys let us know what you guys want to talk about, what you guys are steaming on this week in the world of sports. So let's get right to it. Eddie, what is in the Monday mailbag this week?
2: You'd be surprised, man. We only have one question oh, two questions today. You we guys have, have two questions today. That is Was it. there
1: was there no Donnie Couch? There was. I oh mean, my it, god. It, it, it was like, Donnie Couch. It looks like the Chiefs
2: took a bye week and our Monday mailbag mm. took a bye week. Mm. This
1: will be a good week for that to happen. Uh, but you motherfuckers better bring it next week. That That's is. unacceptable. <laughs> All
2: right. So uh this first question is from Billy Hodge. You he said no Billy Hodge. There is a Billy Hodge. Billy. All right. Oh, Billy. Well, man, and Eddie, since this is a bye week, I guess Eddie won't be picking against the Chiefs. This week. <laughs> you know how he calls
1: Eddie not a man? That's pretty. <laughs> man.
2: It's okay. I'm used to it. That's, that's the kind of
1: relationship you guys
0: have, huh? Eddie's yeah. binary.
2: Yeah, I'm used to it. You're going to get it when I get home.
1: <laughs> <laughs> a little spankaroosky. A little spanky spank. You fuck, Billy. <laughs> William, you get in here right this second. <laughs> William Hodge the third, you get in here. <laughs> all
2: right. My question is, how healthy will the will the cheese be next
1: week? As healthy as they've been in months. I mean, you're talking about a team that's going to get Clyde edwards Lair back. The offensive line's been makeshift all season. Willie so Gay's the like- only one I'm worried about. The high ankle sprain does suck. Luckily for him, uh, it wasn't severe, uh, and he is young, so I think that he's going to play. I think I think Willie Gay will play, but it'll be on a snap count. Uh, just he's like every,
2: he's just been like yeah, he knows
1: shit, but he has been making strides over these last couple of weeks. He looked really good in the Chargers game before he got hurt. And he looked amazing against the Falcons. Um, but This team is going to be as about as healthy as they could possibly be. Tra- the, here's the biggest thing: it's not even about the guys that are injured. It's about the guys that have just needed a break. I mean. Travis Kelsey's been banged up, and he's been playing his ass off. He needed a couple weeks off. Uh, uh, You're talking about Sammy Watkins has has been injured, but he's finally getting some chance to get ready for that takeoff that he has in the playoffs every single year. That seems inevitable at this point. Tyreek Hill, he's been having some uh, hamstring issues here and there. He gets to just lay off his knees and his legs for a while and just really rest up. Patrick Mahomes, of all people, I mean, I know that's like, you know, no shit kind of talk here, but – Patrick Mahomes has been getting beat up behind that offensive line over the last few weeks against good playoff teams. He needed this time off. I am so I can't, I can't stress it enough how important this one seed was, not just for home field advantage, because it doesn't really even mean shit this year, because home teams had a losing record this year. That that's insane to think that home teams had a losing record. It's about being able to just get off his feet and just sit back and get your body right. The last time Patrick Mahomes had 20 days off was last season when he was coming back from a knee injury. He came back and had 446 yards and three touchdowns against a good defense in the Tennessee Titans. So I think that's the kind of matchup, Mahomes, we're going to see coming into the divisional round because of the fact he's also been hearing all the shit talking and the new flavor of the month in the Buffalo Bills. This rest is going to be bigger than I think people realize. And I'm not even just talking about us locally. I think nationally people are going to go, oh, shit. This Chiefs team's rested. Look how pissed off these motherfuckers are. Because you see Tyron Matthew on Twitter, he knows they got a lot to prove still. He still talks about it all the time. And that's another guy that's getting rest. Tyron Matthew. So we can just go down the list. Yeah. Case in point is this is a great opportunity for the Chiefs. This is huge for them. They're going to be as healthy as possible. I believe they're going to be clicking on all cylinders. They may be rusty coming out the gate. I'm not worried about rust. This is the type of team that can shake rust off of within a matter of a minute.
0: I don't I don't expect Rust at all, actually. Um, I 100 percent am with my guy Peter Schreger when he said that this Chiefs offense is a sleeping giant. Um, this Chiefs offense has got pent up tension ready to burst once we get out those gates. Oh. Oh. I'm telling you right now, I'm expecting dance, this, this, the that. way the way we came out at that Bucks game is what I'm expecting for us, whoever we've whoever we're facing uh coming out of the into the postseason after this rest. Um, As far as how healthy are we gonna be? I mean, it's it as healthy as we're probably like you said been all year, Um, outside of you know who we've already lost, which isn't much. Um, I I, I, Willie Gay is the only guy I'm really worried about with that high high ankle sprain. But even at the same time, Hitchens with Hitchens out there, Willie Gay hasn't been on the field too much. Hitchens has been great this year. Um, as long as he's good to go, and as long as we're, we're COVID free, you know nobody slips up and nobody causes any kind of outbreak or anything. You know, fingers crossed. Which we've been probably the best team in the league all year for sure, as far as keeping guys COVID free in our locker room. Um, <laughs> that's a true testament. Yeah, I mean, we've yeah, we've uh, obviously that's true testament to our leadership in our in our front office and, and our locker room with Coach Reed. You know, being honest guys about it, and we've been obviously the favorite to win the super bowl. We recognize that we, our, our guys in our locker room, our leaders have, you know, taken initiative to keep our guys on their P's and Q's. And we've been, we've done that all year. And I, and I, um, I take pride in that. Um, and I know they do too. So yeah, as far as health, man, going into the postseason with this rest, it, it's, it's even, it's more, it's just more added to, you know, the repertoire of this team, uh, being who we are already offensively and defensively and having our guys ready and, the, the mental preparation for this game and then the, obviously along with the physical preparation being a health um, I'm probably expecting a healthy roster man uh, I think uh, like I said I think this offense is a sleeping giant we're going to come out guns blazing uh, and I think we'll be just fine
2: alright last question one more question comes from
1: Taylor Taylor Paredes Taylor Paredes yes that's our guy loyal listener big time great guy miss him all the time I wish he could be it uh, some of the because last season he actually attended some of the games with us he watched the uh, afc championship with us at our place and then he watched the super bowl with us as well that was a that was an apple no he didn't watch the super bowl with us we partied with him i afterwards. miss your
0: scent we miss your laugh i miss your musk
1: i think after this we should all get an apartment together or you just <laughs> move in with us either way i'll miss you no, but taylor taylor's a loyal listener and he actually had a question i wanted to make sure we got okay. this one in
2: uh his question is: Is Philip Rivers playing for the NFL Hall of Fame based on his playoff performance with the Colts?
1: Is he is he playing for the Hall of Fame? Um, I, I, if you're asking me, I would vote Philip Rivers as a Hall of Famer. He's top five in every single uh, quarterback. Oh, without this playoff, his
0: trash talk alone is Hall of Fame. Yeah, dude. no
1: shit. To be able to, to be able to get and do runs like that without well, even
0: cussing.
1: Yeah, <laughs> it! You know what I mean? it. Shoot, shoot, yeah, exactly. Poodles! Um <laughs> I think from an optics standpoint, yes. I think if Philip Rivers goes in here and upsets the Bills, his trajectory for Hall of Fame Win. chance goes up significantly. Because, because all, well, I'm getting to that. Because all the numbers are there. Like I said, he's top five in every statistical category for a quarterback in history. Quarterback rating, yards, touchdowns, completions, everything, completion percentage, all of it. Okay, so, so from the numbers standpoint, Philip Rivers is there. But we all know, foolishly, it comes down to wins. It comes down to playoff moments. It comes yeah. down to playoff wins. If Philip Rivers gets this win at age 39 years old against the hottest team in the fucking league, when he gets oh, it. Oh, he's put they, they need to they need to get that big bulger fucking dude that's like the sweetest man ever that gives the knocks on the door and you know brings you into the Hall of Fame. He's like the, He's going to
0: make his 10th child. He, they should wants. they yeah. should
1: have him in the sidelines yeah. with the shrine of Philip Rivers <laughs> sitting there waiting for him as he's walking <laughs> off the field if they pull this off. So, yes. I think that this would this game would significantly up the chances of Philip Rivers. I personally, though, think he's going to inevitably get in the Hall of Fame anyway. May not, maybe not first ballot, but he will definitely be a Hall of Famer if they pull this one off. First ballot is not out of the question with, for Philip Rivers.
0: Yeah, I mean he's he's Philip Rivers in my mind is already better than a good amount of quarterbacks that are in the Hall of Fame. He's he's better than Ben he, Roethlisberger, who's going to be in the Hall of Fame. Oof, that's a, that's a that's a close one. He's I think, better. That's a close one. Um, but yeah, I I think this absolutely will help his chances and there's no way it hurts it. But I mean, when the Colts win, I think it absolutely will solidify him (laughs) in that jacket. Um, Whether he's a first ballot or not, I think he's, he's definitely a shoe in uh, when, when they get this win against the bills. Um, I've always, and I know as a chiefs fan growing up, you you think most people would hate Phillip rivers. And most chiefs fans do hate Phillip rivers. I love that guy. I love his passion. I love every, it doesn't matter. He can be losing by a 30. He will be in your ear. If he makes a, if he completes a nine-yard screen pass, he will be eating your ear about it. and He's down thirty. It doesn't matter. I mean, I he hasn't love missed the
1: game since two thousand six. I was yeah, a junior in high school in two thousand six. Absolute
0: Iron Man in my mind. I think he's a Hall of Famer already. Too. I'm with you on that. I do think his numbers are. He's up there in everything. You know. So and he's he's had some good weapons in his career. Obviously with the Keenan Allen's and stuff. But I just think he's done a lot with nothing. Obviously he doesn't have the playoff success. But but if he wins this game against and upsets this Bills team, who's everyone's favorite right now. Which is going to happen? I definitely think it solidifies him a spot in the Hall of Fame for sure.
1: Let me, let me just put it like this: Joe Namath made the Hall of Fame.
0: That's what I'm saying. He's better than a lot of guys. Joe Namath had there.
1: 47 more interceptions than touchdowns in his career. Why is Joe Namath in the, in the Hall of Fame? Because he was handsome what? and he guaranteed a victory, <laughs> and they did that. Yeah, and that, that's the only reason. So if, if Joe Namath can make it in the in the Hall of Fame with 47 more interceptions and touchdowns, right? There's no question Philip Rivers is going to make the Hall of Fame. It's just a matter of when. But like I said, you you get this victory, man. This, everyone is voting against the Colts in this I game. Love it, everyone yeah. except you, love you two Colts.
0: motherfuckers. I'm comfortable in that pick.
1: They, and if Philip Rivers plays well, he goes out there and puts up you know 289 yards and two touchdowns, no picks. Oh oh. Like I said, have that guy standing on the sidelines waiting for him with the shrine, and hopefully when they give him his uh, his statue. <laughs> they have his nine kids in their cluster. Like, saying, he's, gonna make his,
0: he's gonna make his tenth child.
1: Yeah, <laughs> like get like get the whole. And by the time he's just gonna game, pop out, they'll have like, <laughs> fifteen kids because he's gonna have nothing but free time when he's retired. So like, uh, after, like I could see it because he's gonna have a. You know, he's gonna have a booth job when he's done, right? Like, he's so oh, good talking. Yeah, he's great, yeah. He's yeah. gonna have he's gonna have pre and po- post coitus <laughs> before every game he does. So I'm betting by the time he hits fifty. He's got like damn near like they're a whole roster. They're gonna have a sex
0: room for Philip Rivers. <laughs> yes,
1: they're gonna have a fifty-three man <laughs> roster because I'm sure guarantee he's gonna have all sons. They're gonna have a Mormon just, sex booth room. Really. The alpha fucking male. He's gonna have fifty-three men and as as sons. I'm telling you guys that he's gonna. He, Philip Rivers might want to get into porn because he's really good at fucking. Obviously, so Philip Rivers, i, I I'm, he's a faithful husband. He's Hall like, of Fame football player, right. Hall of Fame fucker. So congratulations to Philip Rivers on the sex. And a potential uh, upset that that could be of all time because I think this is a – they upset the the Bills in this game. This is gonna be a game they talk about for the next fifty years mm. because Philip Rivers uh, at the end of his career, the Bills on the upcoming, you know, like everyone's talking about them being the team that could potentially dethrone the Chiefs. For this to happen, I mean, yeah, the, the, it would be it would be something that we would be sitting over here shitting our diapers and talking about. So. Uh, be be prepared for this one, man, because I think that Philip Rivers knows it too. I think he knows that his career is on the line here, and yep. and I would love to see him go out in a blaze of glory, man. That'd be a lot of fun to see. Because honestly, as a as a selfish Chiefs fan, I want the Colts to win this Absolutely. game, not even about the Bills, because I love my my friends up in Bills Mafia. They're they're great. I call oh, yeah. them the cousins of Arrowhead, but to be able to say that the Chiefs are the ones that put. Philip Rivers to bed not in in more of a respectful way it's a a poetry thing like you know you're a worthy remember like when Shawn Michaels did the sweet chin music to Ric Flair a few years back remember that Eddie? When, when when Shawn Michaels is looking at Ric Flair and the in the in the he's like, I love you, and he kicks him and Ric Flair is crying. Yep. I oh, yeah. I kind of see Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs being Shawn Michaels in that moment. And you know, Philip at the end, he's like, Just fucking get this over, man. <laughs> Kill he me, man. Kick me in the fucking face. <laughs> you know, I can see him be like that being the moment. You as know long as mean? it's you. <laughs> You're worthy. You know what I <laughs> mean? You know I'm just I feel like that would be great football poetry, man. Yeah. So I'm kinda I'm rooting for that shit, man. I yeah. just don't think it's gonna happen. So well, great two questions, guys. We really appreciate the effort here, especially from uh, no Shaggy Shane, no, no Donny Couch. Like, what the fuck is happening here, took man? The week off, the bye man. week, man. It's a buy It's a real bye week. Lazy ass fans. But we have one more instance or one more thing to to get through, guys. I believe it's called. Hold well, this I want you to do me a favor and hold this L. Somebody's got to hold that out.
0: <laughs> the her?
1: I'm talking like caps lock L L L L L L L Cool J style. Hold
0: that L. <laughs> <laughs> Good God, man! Hold this gigantic, <gasps> veiny, Ooh, <ma>. pulsating L. <laughs> man, you are one pathetic loser. <laughs> you ignorant bastard! <laughs> <laughs> wow, that was great. Oh, hold Something this hin-
2: L.
1: It is time to hold this L. What we do each and every week is we like to give out some friendly or not-so-friendly Ls in the world of sports. Regardless of their friendly or unfriendly, we promise you that whoever gets them, whether it's a team, a player, whatever the case is, they are very much deserving of it. Mr. Yo-Yo-Yo, Eddie Ortiz, who is holding the L this week, and why is it F1? It's not F1. Ah, oh, uh,
2: Season's over. Uh, they can still
1: start, get it. They'll,
2: they'll, they'll start coming in, uh, uh, what is it, March, when the season kicks off. So, We'll probably get one of those then, <laughs> uh, but no. Uh, my my L is going to go to uh, to an NFL owner, uh, Houston Texans owner. I don't, I can't remember his name. Uh, you're doing everything in your power to push your superstar quarterback away. You promised this man that you would get a say in who the next general manager is, and Pretty much have a say in the team, you know, because he's the superstar. He's the franchise quarterback. He is the Houston Texans. Not only do you go behind this man to hire uh, the 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 Patriots, uh, whatever general manager Casario, yeah. yeah, and you make him your general manager, and that and not talk to your franchise quarterback. And on top of that, your franchise quarterback is telling you, hey, let's interview Eric bien because, you know, Patrick Mahomes sold Eric Benemy to to uh, Deshaun Watson. Like, he sold him pretty good. He, he pretty much told Deshaun Watson, like, hey, this is the, the coach you want. Uh, they didn't listen to him. They didn't care. They don't care about Deshaun Watson's opinion. That tells you how much this franchise really cares about their players. Uh, I don't know if it's a pride thing, but you can't just promise your franchise quarterback that they're going to have a say in something and not let them have a say in anything. He's pissed at the franchise. Like you said earlier, he's not He's not texting. He's not responding to any of the texts, any of the calls. He's pissed, and I'm not surprised. J.J. White's also pissed. Another, another superstar of your team. Mm-hmm. So you have two superstars, the, the, the biggest faces in this franchise, pissed at ownership and at anything they're doing because they're doing everything in their power to ruin this franchise. And that's why my L is going to have to go to the, the owner of that Texas because that is his decisions that he's making. So for me, Texas owner, you're going to have to
1: hold this L.
0: Trevor, who's holding the L for you this week? All right, man. I'm going to make this quick because uh, this is light work and it's absolute lunacy. Um, I don't really know who to give it to because there's no names attached to it because these are anonymous sources. But according to Mike Florio of NBC Sports on a on a show recently, uh, a couple of days ago, I was talking about how he's um, heard some rumblings and some, some anonymous chatter among inside people of the NFL, whether it be coaches, whether it be GMs, whether it be owners. So be it doesn't matter um, because according to him, and I'm going to read his quote here. It says, quote, I've talked to very knowledgeable people in the league, in the league cities or league circles, sorry, who quietly will say that if they had to choose between the two right now, they would take the two being Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. Let me clarify. If they had to choose between the two right now, they would take Allen for the course of the career because he's larger and possibly more durable than Patrick Mahomes would be. It remains to be seen how durable both are for the long haul, but that's high praise for Josh Allen because there is a sense by some that Patrick Mahomes is in a class by himself. There are others that think Josh Allen is in the exact same class. End quote. I don't really need to say much more. I don't know who I don't know who these people are. They seem to be pretty high up people. If Mike Florio feels the need to bring it up, these anonymous people. Um, I don't think I don't think Mike Florio himself would just bring up some nobodies if he talked to. So these are probably some high up people. I'm guessing they're probably owners. I'm guessing they're probably some head coaches um, that have some vacant quarterback spots or just or in, in general chatter behind the scenes here. But the fact that people are either thinking Josh Allen is in the same tier as Patrick Mahomes, or they would even have him leapfrogging Patrick Mahomes for the future, when Josh Allen was a project and still is very much a project and has benefited from. The absolutely great coaching, that new offensive scheme that has worked in his favor this year, no doubt. But we're talking about the defending champ. We're talking about an MVP of this league. We're talking about the new face of this league, and we got people that are questioning that still. Why? Why do we do this to ourselves, man? I swear, I I I really think that people in the in sports get bored. It's the same thing with. I know, I know. I'm not calling. I'm not putting Patrick Mahomes on LeBron's pedestal yet. But it's just, it's a similar effect when you're that great. People feel the need. It's this hipster mentality. Oh, I'm going to try to do say something contrarian so I can be ahead of the curve. If it happens, if Mahomes somehow just falls from from his from the cloud that he's on right now, if Josh Allen somehow goes and wins a Super Bowl and is the MVP and is the best quarterback moving forward at, over Patrick Mahomes, it's this it's this it's this serial contrarian way about sports talk. And it's just who, who's going to try to be ahead of the curve on something and try to be, you know, sexy or have a hot take. We see it all the time. It's, it's how these people, and I guarantee you, these people are going to come out the woodwork if Josh Allen wins. If Josh, it's just, it's just how it works, man. These people try to be ahead of the curve. They're anonymous now, but I guarantee you if something happens, they're not going to be anonymous in the future. It, I don't know what, I mean, obviously at this point of, the, of his career, Patrick Mahomes already has nothing to prove. Yep. He's done the ultimate goal. He's been the best in the league since he's been a starter in the NFL. He's won the ultimate game. He's won a Super Bowl. He's got that jewelry already, and he's on pace to get himself another one. And they're the favorite. Why are they the favorite? Because of him. Right. <laughs> so the whole idea, of this nonsense, is just the. It's just painful to even read that. And I know Mike Florio, being the, the the guy he is, who I have a lot of respect for, I know he 100% disagrees with that. I know he 100% thinks Patrick Mahomes is the, is obviously a tier of his own, which he is.
1: Well, you said yeah, respect for Mike Florio. That's-
0: I, I, I well, in this sense, I think, <laughs> I think that he has the respect for Pat. I know he, he's had his run-ins with the, the Chiefs. He, he suggested the Niners should injure. Pat I understand, Mahomes yeah, I understand that, but I know he he definitely does not agree with Josh Allen being a, at the tier above or on the same yeah. tier as Patrick Mahomes. I don't think that, even though Colin Cowherd seems to think he is and he's better than Patrick Mahomes at this point right now, unbelievable. But we can go there too. The anonymous sources, I don't know who you are. These talking heads, I don't know who you are. These serial contrarian hot take people. Just do me a big fat favor, please. And hold, hold this, this L. L because I just, yeah, I, <clears throat> it's it's exhausting at this point, man, to continue to defend for for what? Why are yeah. we defending Mahomes? It's just, it makes no sense. It's po- yeah. Yeah. Um, My favorite times
1: of the year uh, when it comes to football season is right before so we can make the predictions and during the playoffs when you're making your predictions to see it all unfold. I love love looking back and seeing how wrong or how right I was about stuff. I wanted to save this one even on a week that the Chiefs are not playing. It was so satisfying to me to look back at some of these things and find these receipts. You know, I've been able to find enough luck um, in my Twitter career, if you will, uh, to engage on some with some pretty high-up verified accounts and people. Um, I don't know if I just say the keywords. I don't know what it is, or maybe I just I don't know. Maybe I have some provocative, enticing uh, commentary. I don't know. I don't have no idea what it is. All I do know is, back in June of June seventeenth of this year, NFL Network's uh, Adam Rank came out with his uh, projections and predictions as to how the season was going to go. Now, Chiefs are obviously coming off a Super Bowl victory, and they came back with their entire coaching staff, pretty much their entire roster, uh, non-COVID-related, obviously with LDT, Lucas Niang, and Damien Williams uh, staying out, but everyone else pretty much came back. They were the prohibitive favorites uh, to repeat as Super Bowl champions this season. They still very much are. But Adam Rank took it upon himself. Uh, to try to like Trevor was talking about, be hip and edgy and cool and 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 push back against uh, the the dominance in the dynasty that the Chiefs are going to be and are uh, quickly becoming. Adam Rank had the Chiefs uh, finishing with a ten and six record this season, which in all reality isn't terrible. Obviously, he had them uh, in the playoffs as a six seed. Uh, second in the AFC, usually when you're a six seed, that means you have to not win your division. seeing there's only four divisions uh, in each conference. He had the Broncos winning this division this year. The same Broncos who ended up being 5-10 and 10 this season, finishing last in the AFC West. Adam Rank is uh, usually there for comic relief, and I think we all can understand why he's got his job <laughs> for comic relief because what he says is laughable. And look, I'm sure he's a cool guy. I've watched some of his videos. I've seen his podcast. I've watched him on TV, on the weekends, on Good Morning Football. Hopefully one of these days he'll be right in some of his predictions. He might end up being on a Monday through Friday schedule. We'll find out. The point, though, is is that it's, it's beyond foolish to me that you can see how the Chiefs just brought everybody back from a Super Bowl run and still have this team losing two more games in the regular season and finishing as a wild card team. Like Some people might not think this is a big deal. These are the kinds of things that that I am big on personally because, like I said, I'm big on projections. I'm big on predictions, and I like looking back. And if I'm wrong, I hope somebody drags me in the mud because it was a bad take. I'm doing this to Mr. Adam Rank. And Adam Rank's dropping in the ranks for me because of the fact that he also responded to my uh, tweet when I said I cannot wait to revisit these predictions when he talks about i'm curious what your victory lap will be quote see we made the playoffs just like you said you would you just like you said we would no adam the chiefs finished with the best record in the nfl there is a significant difference and i think that it's time that people like adam rank put some respect on my team's name and the letter that i'm going to give you tonight is in the middle of the alphabet so do me a solid mr adam rank and Hold this L! Rank that, bitch. Hey, yo. It has been a fun, but yet extended episode, if you will. We had a lot to get to tonight, guys. I hope everyone's enjoyed this episode because I know my ass did, but we've talked enough, I think, for one episode. We have a lot of football to get to. Our guy Clay wonder has got to do some editing, some producing on the back end of this thing, and we're going to try to get to that as soon as possible. But in the meantime, I just want to tell you guys that we really do appreciate all you guys, and like I said at the beginning of the episode, uh, give us a give us a like if you haven't already done that. Uh, subscribe to our weekly podcast. We do this every single Friday if you're new to the show. And if you aren't new to the show and you're a regular, man, let everybody know about it, man. Let everybody know what we're doing around here. We like adding people to the equation. so. We appreciate all of our listeners, all the podcasters, all the live streamers and YouTubers that have been sticking with us through this time. For Trevor Twidwell, for Eddie Ortiz, for Clay Winner, for the entire KCPN family, I am Lance Twidwell. This is episode 98. And the next time we talk, we got some playoff football already in the books. And the Chiefs will know who their opponent is. Cannot wait to break all this down with you guys next week. But until then,
0: we out of this bitch. Later.